Woo. Good deal. We're live. We're live. We're live. It's your boy Sambo. Hey, I'm Coulter. Motherfucking Reigns. We got uh, over in the <laughs> in the corner of. Oh, oh, Bobby Straton. Slide up in here. Mr. Snuggles, as I like to call him. We're gonna talk about some shit, some weird shit, some crazy shit. So we were, uh, we were, we were. What was the question you just asked me? We were, you know, talking about talking about Trump. I said, oh, what and, about this president? Yeah. <laughs> and we were. Uh, you asked me if uh, believe, uh, I guess, any of the theater, right? The political theater that's going on. The dog and pony show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, How fitting that we have a reality TV show host as a president. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Um, I, um, I, I, I tend to want to be objective with my politics. And that's not always an easy thing to do. Um, but I will say this, that as far as a controversial opinion goes... Uh, Trump is a godsend insofar that he has become a catalyst for consciousness in the American psyche. So up until this moment, 2016, nobody really gave too many shits about politics. I mean, we every four years, you know, we all, you know, start voicing our opinion and whatnot, but we've you know, he he was not supposed to be not the all. president. Not at as all. As far as the CFR, uh, Council on Foreign, Foreign Relations goes, like they had already more or less decided that Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton would be the, the two that were going. So I, I do think it's a really interesting time to be alive, and especially in American politics. We're in a really, though divisive time, we're in a really exciting time. But to answer your question about like whether or not I believe it, so there's there's certain things that ironically his executive orders have been some of them have been very progressive, and that's that's kind of odd to think about because <coughs> well, you know, it's out of necessity to in order to get the other fifty two percent of the population on his team. Oh, yeah, he, he has to do things like that. Just like a theory of mine is that he'll perform an executive order to legalize marijuana when it gets closer to the I, I to think the after, election. after he'll either play it as a no pun intended trump card. Exactly. There we go. There we go. Or it'll be one of those things after getting reelected because I do believe he will get reelected. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I don't. Sure. I don't think that. Um, I don't believe in the third term, but he will. He will run a second term. No, no, no. But, I don't think we need a third term. But that. people operate. People <laughs> operate politically in America, so. We're so used to professional athletes and sports and having a team. And mm-hmm. the thing about being a, a Georgia Bulldogs fan is that if somebody fucks up on the field, you're still their fan. Yeah. There's, there's no accountability for it, you know? So when it comes to politics, is that really the kind of attitude we need as American citizens? Be like, well, no, no, I understand he did this, but he also did this. Right, you know right. I, mean? I, I think we should definitely try to avoid tribalism by Facts. any means. Facts. Um, I think that, and as all three of us have been exposed to uh, life in the buckle of the Bible Belt, like we we've all seen what the fu- what we've all seen what fundamentalists can do to like your dogmatic approach oh, yeah. to life. I mean, it's no it's no Middle East, but it still yeah. ha- it still has its, it's its detriment. It's the dominant culture mm-hmm. here is Thanks. the religious right. No, so I think that the the religious left in the modern culture it's a um, it's an atheistic approach, right? For sure, for sure. Um, and it, it it makes sense when you look at just like the political landscape of. Uh, Judeo-Christian people, they normally 
like lean more towards the right. It's royalty. Yeah. It's, it's, in a sense, it's a, it's a form of royalty that we've, mm-hmm. we've elevated to. But we do have a 73-year-old president. Like, people have a hard time understanding that he is 73 years yeah, old. Like, probably popping Adderall every <laughs> but, but to think about every 73-year-old white man that I know in South Georgia... I don't want any of them running anything that I have to do with. No, I don't. I also don't want any uh, 23-year-old Facts. fresh Facts. out of uh, university Facts. running things either. I don't want to run anything. I'm, no. I'm 29. I have no desire to be in a political position whatsoever. No, I just want to sit back with my, my little cup of tea and critique <laughs> things. Exactly. I do appreciate that he has brought a spirit of reform. Though. Like, uh, before Trump, we had too many people just on the fence. Like, no one really... Yeah. There was no spirit of revolution. you know. But now with Trump, all of a sudden, we have this kind of divide and conquer mentality coming to a head to mm-hmm. where we have separate teams again the same thing with the professional football and things like that people pick which side of the defense they want to be on and then they ride that to death and I think most political things have more morality involved than just are you right or left yeah you know I mean I agree with situations on both sides of it of either side of the spectrum precisely well like some of the uh, executive orders that have come down like they're like it's things that like from for me somebody who is fairly liberally minded I I, uh, I like to consider myself a, a like a diet libertarian there so you go. There you go. it's like I'll, I'll pay my taxes and contribute to my community absolutely mm-hmm. now get the fuck off my lawn yeah. you know? exactly. <laughs> like, or, it's my right to privacy or I'll pay my taxes I have no problem but can I see my receipt yeah let me yeah. see what my money is being spent on yeah, but ex- where is that because exactly if, the, if we're spending millions on war and only five dollars for every million on education then that I don't know if I want to participate as, as heavily in that. You know, I still will. Well, and also, and for, for those who don't know, uh, our taxes are a loan yeah. that we give the government. Facts. Where's our interest at? Mm-hmm. Anytime because, because I take out a loan, I got to pay interest exactly. back to the lender. I mean, if that's the case, let me get my money back and I'll invest in firearms and ammunition. And <laughs> if you decide you deserve a piece, come get it. You know, two A all the way. <laughs> exactly, but but there's a you know the prison reform has come out of this administration. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Save Our Seas Act, which yep. starts holding other countries accountable for dumping their garbage mm-hmm. in our water. Our pollution has actually been going down steadily. Oh, incredibly, incredibly. Um, the, um, uh, what was it? Uh, if you do not uphold, if you're a public university and you do not uphold the First Amendment right for all of your students and faculty, you lose government funding. Mm-hmm. Um the um, I forget what it was called, but it's a it's a bill that or executive order excuse me that was signed wherein artists and songwriters will be making the majority of royalties rather than streaming companies okay. and record labels. So like some of these things that like I mean I find because I you know I I just go through rabbit holes on the internet dig dig deep yeah but you're not it's not like you're gonna see. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, oh, no. these cats talking about because... talking about cigarettes being illegal for an 18-year-old, which, <laughs> yeah. is, which is part of the distract while we do bigger things. But at the same time, he's, he's doing amazing things, but I think the root of the problem is dispersion of income. Like When you look at people that have been sitting in Congress for 40 years, and there's the same perspective for 40 years, and then the hoarding of wealth, then you can kind of see the implications of that on the long term. Like, yeah. Of course, our students and our college students are having a hard time. Because the, the wealth's being hoarded, it's not being distributed back into the society better. So there's a lot of really cool like pinpoints that you can see how Trump's changed the economy and helped the economy, but it's been mostly only benefits those who are already successful. It takes money to make money, you right? Know? So I do wonder though, um, and Grant, I, I'm no economist. Oh, you know, me neither. Um, I'm no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with um, 
some econ- uh, some economists would argue, and I've seen that in order to fix the disparity problem, where because America we should all have the equal opportunity, and I'm a firm belief that no one in America should be in squalor. Nobody right. should. Right. Um, you shouldn't have more than you need. If you have employees that you're paying minimum wage while you, you take billion-dollar tax cuts, that's obviously a problem. Yeah. If you obviously can't afford to pay your employees, you probably shouldn't be in business. Now, I also believe he who doesn't work doesn't eat. So if, if you're not actually contributing mm-hmm. and actually putting forth, then why should you get paid for nothing? You know? Yeah, here's, so, here's something I thought about with um, um, the, wel- the welfare system, mm-hmm. right? So the, the welfare system, it doesn't, it doesn't do only what it's designed to do. Right. So one of the side effects we've seen from it, especially after Lyndon B. Johnson uh, put it in, was that we started seeing the family break up because Mm -hmm. the government was incentivizing, particularly at first in black American communities, Mm -hmm. to not have a man in the house and you would be paid per child Mm -hmm. and you would enter into a contract or career welfare. Yeah. Yeah. So it it doesn't solve anything. Right. Mm -hmm. The. The problems don't get solved by throwing money at it, though you need money to solve a lot of these problems. Exactly. Introduce incentive without actually promoting someone to go out and achieve themselves. But the same thing happened with the projects. Uh, when they started building the projects in the South, they knew they could build an apartment complex straight up yeah. and put all the projects together and then leave all the land around it open for business and farming and things like that. Instead, they scattered them out government property made it illegal to build illegal to own business all this stuff so now you have this position that you're placing where you got a place to stay you got a check and the more kids you have the more you make yeah and get food stamps etc etc and to certain people that that intrigues them it makes them feel like well i can do this as a career i can literally do nothing i can sit here and, and mooch off the government forever other people it brings them shame to do it yeah like um like right now in my current situation it would be it, it would be impossible for uh my wife to actually go out and work and for us to break even with childcare, like the amount of kids that we have and everything that it is, is actually easier for her to stay home. But also if I was to quit my job, we could get an insane amount of food stamps an insane tax return an insane amount of welfare and things like that because of the amount of kids that we have and then being unemployed and stuff right. to some people. That's an excuse. Well, I don't have to work now. I don't have to go out and create. I have such a, a natural ambition that I couldn't, I couldn't accept that for myself. I would rather be out pushing and, and going, even if it was, to no avail, even if there was no promise of success, right? right? To which me, to me, never is anyway. Exactly, but that's not that's not the general consensus that there's going to be people. But uh, I think people think welfare doesn't work to the extent that it does because they look they're looking to eradicate poverty, and you can't eradicate poverty. There, no. there, there will always be a necessity for the working class. Uh, I think the problem is that we deify wealth. We we wind up worshiping people who have achieved these great things, just like Donald Trump. Like if you, if you look at him, like he, he's He's done some crazy shit. Like yeah. He's had some pretty detrimental things. He was banned from in, from New York from operating charities for stealing from a kid's cancer charity. Yeah. Now, does that mean that everything that he accomplished in the business realm is nothing? No. Like, of course, he had the capacity to achieve as much good as the capacity that he has for evil. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because he is such a coarse man. He does have such an abrasive personality and things. Yeah. That they, and people do tend to, uh, as you put, uh, fetishize his exactly, wealth. Exactly. They're fans. They're, they're, they're not... Not his, him as a politician no longer makes him a human. They look at him as well. He can do no wrong. 
Yeah. He is in, infallible. He is a deity, more or less, and then people actually worship him. But it, to think about that, like, every human does wrong. Every human fails. So, of course, he's going to fall in some places. Of course, he's going to do better in others. But as far as running the military, he's not a general. He's not a high-ranking high official. He has no time on the battlefield or anything else like that. Now, as far as a business owner and economics, he knows his shit. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, I think that he's doing everything that he can, but he's also limited by Congress. He's limited by the Senate. People that actually don't have term limits and wind up staying for the same, for decades, hey, push, you, pushing the same agenda. Yeah, you look at some of these uh, these congressmen and even generals in the Pentagon, and it's like, yo, some of these cats have been here for three-plus presidents. Exactly. And we've been having nothing but two-term presidents exactly. since uh, Herbert Walker Bush. But still, if you think about eight years per president and three presidents, that's 24 years of the same dude voting the same bills down. Mm-hmm. How, how is change possible when we have the same elderly people <laughs> operating our system? Yeah. Well, it's um, there's this guy, uh, I don't know if he's... he's Still in the government, um, Trey Gowdy. Uh, he had um, he's one of the guys that was spearheading the uh, uh, Benghazi stuff mm-hmm. with uh, Clinton and the you know the PizzaGate uh, email server and all Pizza that. PizzaGate, PizzaGate, PedoGate research, PedoGate. Um, <clears throat> but was, uh, probably a couple years ago, he was asking um, he was asking uh, this guy about our drug laws. And in particular, he was asking about uh, marijuana. So Trey Gowdy had asked, you know, what is methamphetamine scheduled? And the guy's like, well, it's two. He's like, what is cocaine scheduled? He's like, two. What is base cocaine scheduled? He's like, two. He's like, okay. So, you know, he then postulates, well, why is marijuana scheduled one if there's no empirical data, as you say, to make it that way? So as it turns out, the reason why is... uh, uh, NIDA, it's also abbreviated as uh, NIH, but it's the, um, let me see if I get this right, the National Institute of Drug Abuse. Okay. So NIDA has actually been the organization providing our government with quote unquote objective data mm, all and empirical analysis. evidence. So one thing they did um, was that they took all of the, um, the pros of, say, psychedelics with Pot being the most minor of psychedelic The lowest substance. level. Yeah. And just did not even <laughs> provide the benefits. So NIDA's whole stance is to find, because this is a drug abuse organization, yeah. so it's just to find negative consequences of controlled substances, and then they based our drug laws off of that. Mm-hmm. So think about how many, how many people are incarcerated that are nonviolent for psychedelics Facts. versus we have what we're re-releasing uh, pedophiles, you know, pedophiles rapists, rapists, murderers, murderers all this back on the street to make room mm-hmm. for more. And when I look at you know history and I see things, uh, particularly during the uh, the Clinton administration with like the crime bills and things like this, and you start to see there's dots connected with people in the for-profit prison associations and some of them came from industrial incarceration yeah yeah and some of these uh big wigs came from the record industry Mm -hmm. so you want to start asking yourself why was it that gangster rap was so heavily promoted because we didn't decide the culture the culture is we inherit we didn't we didn't create the timeline we just existed yeah exactly so why was it that in the late 80s early 90s Mm -hmm. before this crime bill got like 
put into place, exactly. all of these things were sort of leading into it. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, a chess game. It is. It's like 4D chess. Mm-hmm. So I think that we'll hopefully see within our lifetimes anyway a restructuring over our, in particular, drug laws and uh, oh, how, most definitely. Most how definitely. Uh, people are incarcerated. Well, I, I feel like it kind of has to happen when you when you look at the amount of people that are incarcerated and on probation, still dealing with finding employment and taking care of their family because they got caught with weed. Yeah, as Theo Vaughn put it, a confusing spice. It's not, <laughs> a, it's not even a, not even a drug. So all these people incarcerated. Meanwhile, the dispensary looks like the Apple store. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have people making millions off of the same thing right across the way. But that's what people do when they get desperate. They sell drugs. And yeah. that's what our government's doing right now when they're desperate. That's what, that's what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the agricultural benefits of grow, just growing weed, not even smoking it or using it medicinally, but actually harvesting it and using the hemp to produce different textiles and I mean plastics. Now plastics. they have like biodegradable uh, like plastic, hemp, yeah. uh, hemp Kevlar. It's incredible. Yeah. They, uh, this one dude, it's wild. <laughs> this one dude. I'll see if we can link, if we can get a link to it. But this one guy uh, has been building houses entirely out of hemp. He uses a like a hemp composite to make like almost like a particle board, and they've been building houses completely out of them. And what's pretty cool about it is that uh, while they're not biodegradable, the house will actually withstand the elements. It's still natural. It's it's not fiberglass that we're pumping into our into our situation. It's not not steel that'll be there forever and rust over. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually biodegradable, natural stuff that we can replenish. And as far as fossil fuels go, you know, there's there's so many better options for agriculturally with growing hemp and growing marijuana and things like that in order to benefit every single aspect of our economy. So it's pretty interesting to see that we, we have the money that we can make from selling it, the, the textiles that we can make from it to replace import and export and certain things. Uh, we have the massive amount of farmland that we do and also the amount of oxygen that's released from uh, hemp is incredible. Yeah, because like, it's going to eat all that CO2 it, up. It's insanely higher than cotton or corn or the cash crops that we grow now. But for a farmer to be able to grow cotton right now and ship it to California from Georgia, but he can't grow marijuana in Georgia and ship it to California, yeah. that, that's not the same pursuit of happiness. That's not the same opportunity to achieve. Right. And it's just because we're in, a, as you said earlier, the buckle of the Bible Belt, you know, will be one of the last days to change. Yeah. But Aside from, uh, I don't know, I think... Um, I think we will be one of the last states to change, um, but I think it's it also comes from like we 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 have a tendency to avoid difficult conversations, right? Yes. And, and also, our generation has a difficulty voicing their opinion. Yeah. As far as existing in the Bible Belt, most people don't want to go public that they believe in legalization. No. Just the the harassment that you get on a daily level, just you know, even not even from the law enforcement or the government, but from the community. Just being like, if you posted a status that you're pro pot in the South, then you're going to wind up having a lot of people that don't even want to affiliate with you as far as business goes or as far as just personal interaction. And why? Is my opinion. I think I think a lot of times. Well, one, it's it's a lot more difficult to come up with your own opinion, right? Facts. Like it's it's so easy to the just buy into the pitch. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I I see that a lot with um, with the 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 current mainstream culture where, even with like something as um divisive as the president's name like trump has become a curse word yeah. in the modern sense it's, because it's, people get triggered from oh, yeah. it people wearing a maga hat get oh. punched in the fucking head yeah. every day every um, day but interestingly enough most of most of the people i find as we were talking earlier like i i don't agree 100 percent with anybody no like no, on anything no. i love you i don't agree with you about no. anything <laughs> that's all right yeah, yeah i'm not like, offended that, no. you, that you exist but 
I think if we didn't, if you agree with everybody, you're a liar. Yeah. Uh, you have Precisely. you have to be a liar in order to agree with everyone about everything. And I think um, I think when it, whenever you do make a stand for something, and and uh, as three people who have uh, pursued in one way or the other artistic pursuits Creative in their life. When you make a stand for something, you're going to piss somebody off. A lot and you're, of you're gonna, you're high gonna, percentage. You're going to get enemies as well. And people you thought were your best friends. People that oh, are really close oh, to you. Oh, they're not. Yeah, they're yeah. not. I had, um, just from personal experience, I put out an album uh, two years ago. Uh, and uh, the usually with the theme with my albums is I want to have a different theme per album. And the reason being is because... It's, I, I make the music for whenever I'm dead. I have something that shows, hey, I didn't waste my talents. Right. I left something behind. Legacy. Yeah. So, like the first album I did was a Southern Gothic. The last one was my version of punk. And the one I'm working on now is psychedelic. But the punk album, one well, punk is supposed to piss you off. That's it's point. There's a target have you, audience. Have you with, ever seen Henry Rollins? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was not a. He was my favorite he, Beach he was, Boy. He was not a lace curtain <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's good shit. Punk rock hyena, but, man. But yeah, but um, but after it came out, I started noticing like uh, there there were certain people in the community that. They, they wouldn't shake my hand anymore. Exactly. And then I would realize, like, oh, I'm not part of their social network anymore. Mm-hmm. So I dig a little deep. Like, this is, you know, two years later, and none of these cats talk to me about it. Yeah. But I had um, uh, folks from The Quill, who, obviously, I don't agree with ideologically at all. They are, they are vegan straight edge. Yeah, I, su- I am neither. I support their know. opinion to achieve it. Oh, yeah. I just don't buy into that religion. No, and I, I would argue that veganism is a it's religion. A religion. Oh, yeah. if, you, if you think that it somehow elevates you to a higher level of existence than someone who has a stake, it is most definitely a religion. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, but they had, a, they had brought to me that um, <laughs> a, uh, a girl that I dated back in 2012 had sent out all of these messages to mm. people in the community talking about what, uh, how abusive I was and I was a sexual predator <coughs> and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. as it turns out... Hashtag me too. Yeah, they tried, <laughs> they tried, to, uh, they tried to Kavanaugh me, yeah. you know? Um, so as it turns out, this particular person, whenever we were together, I had to call the cops on. Mm-hmm. They were slashing their arm with a butcher knife. They were abusive. And then that, like, that festered into vindication. Well, Imagine that. <laughs> and check, check this out. Here's the kicker. Towards the end of it, they said they were going to kill themselves, leave a note saying how I drove them to it mm-hmm. with the goal that think of all the beautiful... No, think of all the beautiful music I would make uh, inspired by that, them doing that. She wanted to be so, Cordy Love. So man. check this out. I'm trying to be Kurt Cobain. There was a diss track on the last album. from Someone was a friend of mine, but it was an ex-lover. Yeah. So my rationale is that they got nothing. Yeah. They didn't get a song, and this other person exactly. did. So as a way to, well, if you think they're bad, I'll, I'll exactly. show you how bad is bad. Exactly. You're never getting a song from me. <laughs> You're never going to get one. I'm, like, I'm nobody. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm a droplet in the ocean of consciousness. Hey, I listen to Nirvana every day. I haven't Googled Courtney Love in 10 years. <laughs> 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 Who gives a shit, man? So, but I mean, point, point being to the long tangent is that, you know, there, there were topics on there and this is me tooting my own horn. This is again, two years later coming to a logical conclusion 
that some of these things and some of these uh, rumors that you know she wanted to uh, Kavanaugh me with affect people so much that it's so much easier for and myself included to think dogmatically or idiomatically mm-hmm. than it is to sit back and be like, no, wait a second, like. So why are all these dots connected? It's, exactly. it's a little too coincidental. Well, the average person that she emails is not going to approach it with judicial process either. They're not going to no. try to get both sides of the story and then investigate and try to see what really happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. She is in completely control of the narrative from her end of the spectrum and you're in control of the narrative from your end of the spectrum. Precisely. So. The kicker is is that I like that's the old album. I'm, I'm done with that <laughs> shit. Don't, don't even care. They're, they're still wound <laughs> up about <laughs> it like two years later. I mean, I did the same thing on my Facebook. Uh, I have people trying to get in constantly and I can't add new people to I delete other people. Yeah. So what I do is I'll post whatever bullshit means and just whatever shit posting I can do. And people just get their panties in a wad, man, just upset and attacking me on Facebook, mm-hmm. messaging me and everything. The next thing I know, they're blocked and they're off my friends list. And what's funny is they think they're winning by doing that, but that's kind of my goal is to make room for more like-minded yeah, people. Aside, aside, aside from that, you, you think know? about it, they went out of their way to, to, to remove type you. in my name. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'll show that motherfucker. I heard, I heard, I don't know, I don't know their origin of the quote but her once that bad publicity is still publicity yeah, yeah. yeah there is no such thing exactly exactly, exactly. But. oh yeah especially all the many years of you know being in a band going from you know a secular band to a christian band back to whatever it's like and, and with you being straight edge you have a whole different yeah. yeah well i imagine also people and please correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> in my assumption but people that you would meet that do find displeasure in your art, they almost expect that your art should be made for them. Right. He exactly. owes them something somehow. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. the way the way I've always viewed my creative pursuits, obviously tattooing's a little different because uh, you have to appease the client themselves. To a degree. <laughs> right. But um, like the stuff I make, I make because there's there's colors and images in my head that are intangible and I want to make them into something tangible for me. And if people trying to turn your emotion to a language. Yeah, like I want I I like the music I do because I make it for me. And if other people like it as well, that's awesome. And I think that's the goal you should go for. That is the goal. You should be happy with what you do and it should be for you. There was many times where I especially being in certain bands where I wrote music that wasn't for me and I wasn't a big fan of it. And I like, can go back and listen. I was like, it's cool that I did it, but it's like, it's like running a rat race. It, it just gets harder and harder to pick up the pace, you know? Oh, uh, we're doing that tonight. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's a really handsome fellow in that yeah. video. Of yeah. Do you like my little gif I made that day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just videoed you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh but, man, the olive on that, like that stuck to your face. That whole video was mm-hmm. perfect. Perfect. Surprisingly, <laughs> <Perfect. laughs> I didn't know you. Like I wasn't there for that part when you guys recorded it. I didn't realize like it stuck in one shot. <laughs> beautiful. Like beautiful, you can't beautiful. you can't script that. I think it was. I mean, I think, Will, I think Will was sitting at the camera. Yeah, Will Southern. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't exactly What's you up, chained up with your hair down or nothing, but it was still it was on point. I, I know. know. I mean, I didn't even know what I was going to do. Like Nate was just like, "Hey, can you show up at the blue yeah. pub? Hey, can you do some shit? <laughs> just be you for a minute, man." <laughs> oh, y'all knew more about the music video than I did. They were just like, "Hey, we're gonna put you in your attic real quick, and we're gonna change it to something." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> we just want this kind of messy." Feel. So yeah. you just drop your Should hair. Should we get consent before you ma- chain me to the attic? No, no, it's great. It's going to look fantastic. It'll be awesome. It'll be we're awesome. Gonna, we're going to douse you in water and shame. <laughs> and, um, you're just going to sweat and you're just going to like 
just look like you're in pain and you don't want to be here. It's like, you're absolutely right. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And did you actually cook burgers in that video? Or um, I did not. Okay. I, it's, it's actually a second part of my writer that is like, you get, there's a fee if you want me to cook a burger. $12 a burger, man. Um, I specifically asked for a bushel of organic bananas here <laughs> when I arrived. Did you get elephant meat? If you didn't get elephant meat, I ain't doing it, man. I'm about to say, your rider was way better than mine because I got nothing. <laughs> I, I was in the band and part of that for many years and I still got nothing. <laughs> Disappointment, that's what, what I got. So what's, uh, what's uh, the project uh, you've most recently been working on as far as music goes? Recently I've been Ooh. working on hip-hop stuff. Mm, that's where the people rhyme words. I oh, like yeah. that. The old hippity hop. Yeah. <laughs> hippie to the hippie to the hip hip hop. Oh, we're kicking old school. Oh, you want this? Yeah, let's do this. Man, I'll freestyle right now. Well, you know, I heard that he can't satisfy you with his Ooh. little worm, but I could knock you out with my <laughs> super <sperm>. <laughs> <laughs> my, my grandma used to sing that to me as a child. <laughs> Four score and 16 bars ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but I also do bedroom pop too. Yeah, like I I'm, like you better in pop. Like I feel like it, it fits you more. I'm trying. I, I like I like you've got a very versatile voice, and you like trying different mm -hmm. things with it. I enjoy that about yeah. you. Yeah, he's actually been doing some pretty incredible beats. Like, I'm, I didn't even know he could do all that. I thought he was just a lyricist and a performer. And then lately, I'd be like, oh shit, this. Oh, I can't play an instrument at all. Working some out. I can either. Midi makes it to where exactly. you don't need that. Exactly. I can sit there. Okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll sit here, click around. That sounds good. Yeah. All right, can I sing that now? Uh, uh, no, can't do that, so let me bring it down. I found out, because, you know, me being a, a, a one-man band, yeah. like, you don't want me playing drums on my own record, otherwise it'll just be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody will dance to it. It's like, oh, is Ringo Starr making a comeback? And I've always respected, like, one-man band like you. Like, I always respected that, because I did one hip-hop show with a friend of mine, Jimmy Hennessy, mm -hmm. and he's, because we did, like, a, a heavy song with him, but I... I didn't have a band behind me. Yeah. And it was the weirdest thing in the world. So I was like, oh, hey, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm real bashful. It's that, a, that's my problem. I'm so confident. confident. I'm almost arrogant about it. I'm like, I'll battle you right now. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Somebody drop a beat real quick. But I think, well, I think, and we were kind of talking about this earlier about um, like all artists being narcissists. It's just that artists have a way to channel narcissism. Mm -hmm. So it's not hurting other people you make yeah. something instead you know? it's kind of like Freud said about the Irish you know, he said the Irish were impervious to psychoanalysis I think it's the same thing with artists because we are narcissistic but we're also self-loathing <laughs> like oh it's yeah, kind of, kind of the, yeah. It's favorite a, and same. least favorite person mm -hmm. alive exactly we're yeah. talking about hip hop you know oh Aesop Rock his song Shrunk you ever heard that I don't think I know no, that you should definitely I like Aesop Rock you should definitely check it out it's an incredible song but uh, he's basically painting the picture of him going to a therapist and explaining everything and uh Let's see if I can remember it. She says, uh, I'm not your enemy. He said, that sounds like something that my enemy would say instead of playing off the chemistry. She said, you're being difficult. I said, I'm being guarded because you're a quarter million debt and I get more guidance from my barber. Like, okay, okay, you know. But, uh, Do you know Aesop Rock has the uh, Guinness Book of World Records for the largest vocabulary ever. in hip-hop? Yep. It's not just hip-hop, ever. All comp all composed work. Shakespeare was five, number 535 on the list. Yeah, all nine one. members of Wu-Tang rounded out the top yeah. ten. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Wu-Tang is, hey, presidents are temporary. Wu-Tang's forever. <laughs> well, they had, a, they had like a... Uh, um, 
what do you call it? It's a, a plot point graph or a scatter graph or something. And so it shows like where like a lot of people are that big name MCs. So I mean, you know, you know Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas, like they're, they're all clustered together. Then you see way out front here, there's another group. And then all the way out beyond that is Aesop Rock. And so then, like even Wu-Tang is, is like way ahead exactly. of like the rest of the pack. Yeah. And then is Robert Frost and Shakespeare. <laughs> Interesting to see the implications of that, you know? Have you heard that new Robert Frost and Jay-Z joint? <laughs> you heard that Dr. Seuss, man? She's fired, <laughs> huh? She's hitting, man. <laughs> All the kids are just hitting the quan. We've, really rocking the whole we've, time. we've hit a point in music to where it's just desperate for... A revival would be the only word that I could put for it. You know, there are no Bob Dylans anymore. You know, there's there's no. Well, was it, uh, you know, back in uh, whenever P to P sharing was first breaking big, and they were mm-hmm. like, like this is going to ruin the music industry. Hmm. What it did, it actually gave the music industry exactly. more power. SoundCloud, man, like yeah. the, the fact that anyone now can drop anything. It's not who you know anymore. But, you know, for a long time, there was a whole affiliation with the music culture and MK Ultra. Yeah. And all that stuff. It was very propaganda-based. Yeah. It was only who it goes was back allowed to. what we were to... talking about as far as uh, culture being inherited. Exactly. It's like, you you think the hippie movement was mm-hmm. spawned organically? Exactly. I love that people that, I love those Hank Sr. fans that don't appreciate N.W.A. I'm like, how? It's like, gangster. How? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the Ryman, he showed a fit, you know? Johnny Cash kicked the lights out, got arrested in Mexico for popping pills, but you don't appreciate Lil Peep? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I've been involved with this huge debate lately with Post Malone and Ozzy Osbourne, that whole thing, and everyone's talking about how uh, all these new kids are like, who's Ozzy Osbourne? Who's this new guy? Whatever. And people are straight up salty about it instead of appreciating the fact that he just gave exposure to Ozzy Osbourne to an entire new generation. Yeah, people but, that would never know his name know who Ozzy Osbourne is yeah. now because he did an album with him. I say educate yourself on both sides. You know, like, you, you don't have to be Post Malone or Ozzy. You can be music. I, um, I like both of those guys yeah, exactly. anyway. Exactly. I mean, Ozzy, Black Sabbath arguably invented metal, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and while that bad button, son of a bitch. while Post Malone uh, lyrically he's he's not he's not exactly breaking new ground, exactly. But his records, as far as how they're engineered, they are beautiful. Oh yeah, like, they're pristine. Dude. The engineering alone mm-hmm. behind everything he does is a masterpiece. And he's just yeah. a good guy. It, it tickles yeah, the ears. Generally exactly. good dude, man. Like, yeah, he's like one of the coolest dudes. He's super humble. Like, I mean. I did, Actually, had the me- pleasure of meeting him in passing. Did That's you? Awesome. He actually is a really—he's weird. <laughs> he's a really weird guy, but aren't we all, man? <laughs> I like weird though. It'll be all right. But yeah, Posty's Posty's a cool dude. Mm-hmm. But then you have this entire generation of eighteen and nineteen-year-old kids ODing after two albums. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like I understand that that's not a spirit that you want to promote in today's culture or to our youth you know but at the same time well, they put their life into that music and sacrificed it and now they're eternalized by these albums that they created yeah. now uh, I think they catch a lot of hell because they're not Ozzy Osbourne but Ozzy Osbourne did the same stuff he was just tougher he's a British man like, you can't kill Brits you know what I mean I think he's British I'm gonna google that fact check <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here winging it young Jamie will you pull up uh, Ozzy Osbourne's Ozzy Osbourne. origins <laughs> the origins of Ozzy Osbourne well, I'm actually looking this up <laughs> so, that's what I was saying uh, we definitely need to get linked up with a computer or something so yeah. we can pull little things up and put into our video and stuff Ozzy Osbourne where are you from man is he is from Cambridge Where's England? England, so I mean that's pretty much the same thing. England, <laughs> England Britain. All the white people. They're all. Yeah, they're, they're all the yeah, fucking same. Yeah, we're just gonna be very basic. Let's see what we got here. 
Where are you from? He's oh. an English singer. Oh no. Good job there, Walter. One as, of them fuckers is British. It might be Keith Richards or something. Some of them. Yeah, he is English. Aston Birmingham. You can't fucking kill him, man. He's 71. Oh no. But see, think about that. Ozzy Osbourne's 71, Donald Trump's 73. And how different of people slight, they are. Slight you know difference. I mean? But how old is Willie Nelson right now? They're both uh, both reality TV stars, though. That's my well. point. Like, but Ozzy would have been. A, I don't know how much he'd have done for the economy. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have been a ride for I'm sure. Saying, I'm not sure. He was six years old. Willie Nelson's 86. Hey, Willie Nelson 2020, man. I'm voting. I'm a ride his ass in. He, he'd legalize me. Oh, no, definitely. Like day one. But more than that, he's 86. You say 86? Yeah. And. Still gigs. Like he's probably, still tours. That's what I'm saying. He's probably got a ridiculous amount of money, but you check, catch that man. He's in a Winnebago with some cutoffs. You know what I mean? I saw a video the other day on, I think it was his 80th birthday that I saw online. It could have been from years ago, you know, but I just saw it. And uh, he's sitting in an RV with some cutoff shorts and his little brazen bandana, and he's got a metal trash can lid. <laughs> just rolling dudes, you know? <laughs> I was like, that's a good guy. <laughs> like, what's he hurting, you know? But people don't look at Willie Nelson and think, oh, if he was driving through. 8L Georgia right now and got pulled over he'd get a possession charge yeah. <laughs> they put his ass in jail like what sorry Willie <laughs> hey, I know rules gonna... is rules <laughs> hey we got Willie uh, Cheech Marin and Tony, Tommy Chong <laughs> down here for booking <laughs> how can you do that uh, I told you not to crank call me again that's why I respect like Snoop Dogg man. Like, he became a, a celebrity based off of his illegal activity and it wasn't necessarily a more I mean he did have the murder car, murder charge yeah, you know? which he beat murder was the case they gave me but uh, <laughs> at the same time like he has just formed an entire fan base off of being socially abnormal he, he wasn't as far as his culture goes he's pretty normal yeah. and the I think that's the biggest problem with America right now is we look at culture as sin we look at culture as something to be eternally condemned for. I think sometimes we don't even recognize that it's it's culture, you know? Like they, they don't. We yeah, do. Yeah, true. We recognize I that. think a lot of times people that get wrapped up in um, identity politics, mm -hmm. like because they're so focused on the pigeonholing and comp uh, compartmentalizing the kaleidoscope of humanity, mm -hmm. that it's a lot easier to not view it as cultural and view it as some other intrinsic quality. So for, so for instance, like in the, in the South, um, I would, and of course I don't have any empirical evidence to back this up, but my opinion, I would argue one out of every four persons is a bigot. In yeah, the South. I agree. I agree entirely. Um, and they are vocal. Don't bring that shit it. around here. They'll get wrecked. No, nah, yeah. fuck that. We won't play that noise. Um, and it, and from, all aspects of it, but the other three quarters of us, none of us give a shit. Mostly because like, of our generation. Well, yeah, we're, well, we're, our previous, you know, our ancestors came up through that, and yes, you right. look at the timeline since the Confederacy, and then it makes sense. Like, well, why did the South become more um, Republican? As time went on, it's because the Democrat oligarchs were the slave owners. Exactly. And exactly. They were the Jim Crow forebearers, mm -hmm. and they were about American Indian genocide and mm -hmm. the KKK. So over generations, you had more and more Southerners just rebel against that because Republican, though I would argue it doesn't have the morals it did in the 19th century. Republican. What does though? Yeah, you know true. I mean? But uh, it also doesn't have the immorality that it had in the 19th century. Also so true. The capacity. Yeah, yeah. Balance with it. But it's a uh, you know it started as an uh, abolitionist party. Mm -hmm. It was an anti-slavery party, a Protestant of sorts. They yeah. were they were protesting what was going on the, at the time. They were the protesters, mm -hmm. the uh, the Protestants of America at that time. And Lincoln was the first 
Republican president. And now we've had a full circle to now you have children that refuse to go to church because they're racist uncles and aunts are there. Yeah. Like, it's insane to see that they're protesting the very same thing in the future, you know? I always would liken uh, that mentality um, with uh, personal experience that whenever I, uh, I was younger and had a, a band in high school and teenage mm-hmm. years... We were not a cool band at all. Lanier County, class of 08 over here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would, uh, you know, I would meet these these uh, folks that were in the scene, and they were, you know, the older kids, mm-hmm. and they were just so cruel and like assholes to like us because we didn't we elitist. didn't have the cool older brother that had Japanese yeah, imports exactly. of all of these underground eighties hardcore it's, bands. It's the elitist mentality. Yeah. You know? So we're old enough to get tattoos yet, so yeah. you don't have any say in this conversation. Like what? That <laughs> seems like a crock of shit. Exactly. But I would take um and at my own fault at that mm-hmm. but I would see like the bands they would listen to I'd be like I don't want to listen to those bands because I would associate the music with exactly. them and it's like yeah. they're not the music mm-hmm. The Clash is a good band Fact. it doesn't Fact. matter I that... fuck with the used you know what I mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. it works I feel the same about like Panic at the Disco Fallout Boy and everything uh, my ex used to like lock herself in the bedroom and turn it on super loud so for years <laughs> get out of my room mom so for years exactly for years I chimed in with the hell you people I'd be like god dang it I cut it off but then eventually I learned to appreciate it because like I let wounds heal you know yeah. what I mean I, I, I overcame the stigma of it I was like every time I hear it it takes me back to that time and place I think a lot of people do the same thing either they were bullied in high school by a certain culture or a certain demographic and they, they look at it as well I hate everything to do with that yeah collect yeah, and it's not a wise thing to do. No, you're, no, not, no. you're not going to grow no, like no. that. Well, I mean, if you look at America, we're definitely a melting pot of a mixture of an incredible amount of culture. Oh, right? yeah, we're and, all and bastards and of the world. Exactly, right? an insane amount of cultures are melting pot, but at the same time, we're building a wall. <laughs> 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 what the shit? Now, uh, I catch a lot of hell on Facebook about that because I'm very anti-immigration laws to the extent that there are you know i think it should be a lot really? easier i think it should be a lot easier to acquire citizenship i, I will agree with you on that i also think it should be a lot easier to lose citizenship uh i catch a lot of hell. people think that i'm very anti anything the government is doing or whatever and i'm not i definitely support certain things that they do but uh like, I, I think if you do election meddling you should be deported exactly that's, exactly that's I, I, agree with that. I agree with that uh, i also agree with a lot of things like let's say here's my theory on it and is it Take it with a grain of salt. I'll, I'll try to be take it, take it with a grain of salt. But <laughs> I think if you really have a problem with the immigration shit, then we should take Mexico. We should take it. <laughs> Make drugs legal down there, whatever. Get rid of the power of the cartel. And then that way, Mexican citizens have the option for citizenship. Right. Mexicans can actually come across the border. And if they want to get a job and get uh, be a hardworking American citizen, they're more than welcome to. They can pay their taxes. They can do all their stuff as long as they can pass the processes. I don't think they should have to pass any tests that you couldn't pass. I don't think they should have to pass any tests that old Joe Bumfuck down at the gas station can't pass because yeah. most of them don't know the national anthem. Yeah. They, can't, they, <laughs> they couldn't tell you what amendment is which in the Constitution, and yet they're, oh, no, the portal. It yeah. doesn't make any sense, you know? Um, Not in my county. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, and that would, that would also, at the same time, produce the opportunity that if you wanted to smoke meth till your eyeballs fell out, cross the border. <laughs> Go down to where the cartel's already ruined and have it. You know? I, but, I, I think some of these, these communities, like... Uh, like where the uh, El Paso and Juarez City, they mm-hmm. like, and Juarez City is like, like human trafficking cartel. Oh, it's, it's Juarez the dead. <laughs> yeah. So like, if that community it put together and they got their wall up, I personally I think that's their because mm-hmm. they're on the border. Mm-hmm. I don't think people in Montana exactly should exactly they don't, have, they don't have to deal with the same problem. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's 
it, like most things, they're, they're complex issues. So mm -hmm. I agree that it should be easier to become a citizen. Mm -hmm. um, I think, interestingly, if you look at what happened during the, um, the Obama years, and I, I'm, not, I'm not, not a fan of Obama, but it was harder for people to um, become a citizen and yet made it easier to get into the country. So to me, that's, that's a little backwards because mm -hmm. it should make it to where, all right, if you want to come here, not work here, but become a citizen, your path should be easier. It should, but it, you should be coming in through the proper channels. It shouldn't just be possible, it should be probable. Uh, it should be something that is easily done. And I do agree with you that the illegal immigration is not, it's not, it's not beneficial hum, with, to We've seen with economy. human trafficking involved with it. That is my biggest mm -hmm. qualm with it. It has nothing to do with like my, because again, I'm not an economist, so it's not my ideas on... They're sending all their the, money back home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the money's going But it's, you know, we've... We've noticed, especially with uh, all this Epstein stuff, that facts, facts. Um, it turns out that some of the crazy stuff our illustrious orange bastard in the White House <laughs> was talking about turns turns out to have some validity to it. Mm -hmm. And he's not just riddled with dementia. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's <laughs> more. <laughs> Do -do -do -do, the more you know. <laughs> but yeah, man, like. I, I, I know a lot of immigrants. I tattoo a lot of immigrants. Uh, Tito, Zambrano. He yeah, just he's on Panamanian. He, he, yeah, he's Panamanian. Just on Ink Master. I watched him come over here from a job. I did my first tattoo when I was 18 years old. Watched him go from a plastic factory to being on national television and winning awards for tattooing, which is insane that we've even made it that far in our culture. You know, in the 60s, this was the bastard child of oh, yeah. uh, only, artistic only expression. Only exactly. got into it. Exactly. And, uh, that, that it's interesting to watch an immigrant do all that, but at the same time, I also see the problems that he's faced with going back to Panama, like bringing family over, doing all the things that he he wishes he could do, but he he can't because of the the rigidity yeah. of our system, you know. And at the same time, we're giving thirty, forty thousand dollar grants to people to open gas stations from other countries. You know, it's, it's just an imbalance. I feel like I feel like it's only because it's actually where we share a border that it is such a principle but you don't hear about that with Canada yeah we don't have a problem with Canadian immigrants coming down and doing everything you know but it's interesting to see that Canada has to do it the opposite way Canada has the they won't allow you to come across the border if you had DUIs yeah you know yeah, what I mean? yeah it's interesting to see that how strict their border is and then also the level of peace that they have you know? oh, yeah. I think you you had told me a story like a tour you guys have oh, done yeah. like Manitoba and like another band was like oh sorry you like we they detained, detained. <laughs> we got detained in Ontario <laughs> like the second go around not the first go around and um, it's funny because the first go around they're like okay everything looks cool what are you guys in the country for it's like oh we're we're just checking things out because you know, being sketchy. Being sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> that tour was sketchy from the get -go. It's just six dudes in a van. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <Nope>. Exactly. <laughs> six dudes in a van. Actually, it ended up being 12 people in that van. Went from Ontario, Canada, all the way... He <laughs> did... <laughs> <laughs> It's such a stereotype for Mexican immigrants also. There's 12, there's 12 people in this van. Get them the fuck out of here. They're coming to take our jobs. Get them out. Get them out. That tour was a fucking nightmare anyways. There's 12 of us. Six of them are Canadian. And they're cool dudes, but they're not the, the smallest people in the world. And 
You, you've been in tour vans before. You slum travel. Little, little it's, tight. It's a slum. It's, it's tight enough when it's, it's a just mobile like slum. <laughs> exactly. It's tight enough when it's just the four or five of you. But when you got twelve just large men, sweaty. Yo, you gotta pull over. I'm gonna shit in this Gatorade bottle. Cause I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big deal. Like it's a big deal. Just the, just the beginning of that tour was a sketchy from the get go because. The guy that booked the whole tour was like, just get to the border. We got you. Don't worry. Trust me. Just don't. <laughs> Trust I'm, a, me. I'm a voice on the phone. <laughs> believe, believe in me. <laughs> I have never seen this guy. I've never met this guy before in my life. He just hit our bass player up. He so hit Clark up. So it's like Tinder, but for bands. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, I know a guy in Canada. Come on. Swipe right. He's like, hey, you guys want to come over? I know you've never seen me, but I'm about to cash fit the fuck. God, can we talk cash? the fuck out of here. <laughs> wow, that was a struggle. Anyway. I thought you said castrate. <laughs> that's a there's, terrible fucking There's probably period. a Tinder for that. Yes, well. I hope so. Mass on Kinder Tinder. BME Pain Olympics, I think is what it's called. <laughs> but we get in there. We meet the guys at the border. They're like, don't say anything to customs. Just say you're traveling, you're visiting. So like, okay, that already sounds sketchy. Sketch. So we get in and like, we assume this guy has the paperwork for us. No, this kid has just barely even booked this tour, and I got, I got like twelve dudes in the van yeah. coming <laughs> from the park over there. <laughs> no one told me that we were. It was illegal to make Canadian money <laughs> <laughs> as a USA van. Y'all got an IRS too. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Holy hell! <laughs> I thought we were going through them, but no, we were getting the money. You know where Ricky and, and Julian and Bubbles live? I'm just trying. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this is 2014, way before. Wait, what's it? Trailer Park Boys. No, they were already. Yeah, they were already. Okay. They were just low level. You know? gotcha. They had made it like. Uh, yeah, they the weren't. Culture. They weren't a part of the mainstream culture yet. Yeah, exactly. Culture. <laughs> now they got their own TV show, SwearNet. They, they made their own TV show where yeah, everything yeah. swears. They're doing uh, news broadcasters are swearing. Uh, everybody, like it doesn't matter what it is, football announcers, all that shit are just cussing up a storm and talking shit. You know, but Canada seems fun. It's fun. No, it's great. It's beautiful. But not when you you know you you have a sketchy promoter. All the shows fall through. Your van blows two head. Heads, not the head gasket. We cracked two heads. Oh wow! Going through the mountains. I don't know. I guess the Rocky Mountains on that end. You ran over someone's head. Uh, yeah. Shit. We <laughs> two people's heads. We almost got arrested in Guelph for getting in a fight. Like, okay. Funny was story. it a justified fight or was it you had to uh, pick he, somebody else? He could still be in Canadian it. jail. <laughs> you know how Canadians are supposed to be nice and just like. I, I don't believe stereotypes, Bob. Yeah, okay. Man. I just <laughs> want to say all, a boot <laughs> or whatever. First of all, that stereotype is bullshit. <laughs> we are not nice people. It's cold. It's cold. It's exactly. Cold. And it was still snowing. It was May, June. It was still like frozen. I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? But. We were at this small, middle-of-nowhere venue in Guelph, Ontario. I don't even know. It's like below Sudbury. And these two drunk guys just walk up, minding their own business, by the way. As nice as they can be, but just drunk. The Canadian bands like, starts fucking with their food that they have in their hands. Like, oh, dude, what do you got? Just being stupid kids. And the guys were like, hey, don't do that. Seriously. And then it's like opening their food, picking shit out of it, and then go, all right, you got one more time to go through my shit, I'm going to knock you out. And I heard that. So all of a sudden... Okay. That's the end of round one. Round one. (laughs) (laughs) So I heard that. I'm like, oh, shit's about to go down. So I just start edging my way over there. 
dude's like, all right, I got you. Dropped his food and tried to like wreck the Canadian kids. I'm like, okay, cool. Here we go. <laughs> and I stuck him like two or three times after that. And all of a sudden, everybody just jumps on top of these two guys. These poor dudes that were just minding their own fucking business. And I just imagine you as like Litter Kenny, like Pitter Patter. Pitter Patter. <laughs> <laughs> what made this fight even better? The, the, someone pushed me out of the way. I'm just like trying to find somebody to fight. One guy almost snubbed me, but Giovanni is in the van, pokes his head out, sees what's going on. I'm talking about just books it. I didn't see him coming and just rocks this dude. I'm talking about locked up, hit the ground, cops come, and two dudes are laying on the ground. They're like, what the fuck went on here? And one guy came to, grabbed the cop, and was like, he killed him! He killed my friend! Just started shaking the cop. The cop just grabbed him, threw him on the floor. Our healthcare system is phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be fine. Exactly. (laughs) And he looks at us, these guys who were unscathed in this fight, and it's like, y'all have a great night. And then the other dude is running down the alley and like four cops chasing him down, just tackling his ass. So that's how we got all that. They probably, yeah. probably had a run-in with those guys before, you know? Probably. So. <laughs> These are the locals. What? Leave the Americans alone. They're helping out the economy. What possesses you to grab a cop and be like, he killed him, he, he killed him. him. And just, that poor dude. Poor fella. But I've yeah. never heard any horror stories about Canadian jails, though, so, I mean. I, I don't know. We just got detained. We didn't get arrested. They kept us at custom for, like, 24 hours on the way back because we had, like, a whole other week of tour after all this shit went down. We went to the U.S. We had a few shows in Illinois and Montana, I think. And then we tried to go back in the same way we came. They're like, how the fuck did y'all get in the first time? You have $5,000 in Canadian currency that is unaccounted for. <laughs> it's like, how did you... It's like, you guys... I just... I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just convert it or something. What do you mean? Oh, this gets even better. This is pre-cash apps. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, shit. We're about to go to Canadian jail. Was a convicted felon. All the names have been changed to protect the privacy of we, the we can beep, We can beep it out. We can beep it out. <laughs> we just put like, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> just dub it over. <laughs> This is a true story. Only the names, dates, places, and facts let's, were changed. Let's call him John S. No, wait. J. Smith. J. Smith. Yeah. J.F. Kennedy. <laughs> Good old J.F. Kennedy over here. I realize I'm rambling. This is getting long. No, right. That, that, that doesn't matter. That's, that's the uh, point. Uh, this is the point. But is a convicted felon for... Yikes. So drug stuff. <laughs> drug stuff, yeah. So right. probably that confusing spice we were talking about. <laughs> so they're talking about like, you know, you guys can get locked up right now, but we're gonna do y'all a solid. You're gonna turn in your money and you're gonna get the fuck out of this country and you're not allowed to come back in for a very long time. Fair trade. Fair trade. And I'm like, I will gladly take that offer. <laughs> um you Canadians can go fuck yourself. No, I'm just kidding. They, they were actually really cool. By the end of it all, there was like two guys that were really cool. Had and a very, like, center, very similar run-in with the Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Uh, Baton Rouge Police Department. <laughs> very similar they situation. Fun with that one. Yeah. They told me to get my ass back to Georgia. I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Let me load up all this shit real quick and I'll get out of here. Hell, yeah. That's pretty much it. We just we packed up our shit. We said goodbye to the people. We traded, traved, traded your profit for peace. Oh, yeah. And they probably pocketed, too. They probably just like, give me this five grand. 
we'll it, split it between the three of us. Like, well, I, I mean, if it's not declared, then why yeah. would they declare it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we got fucked out of five grand. I do declare. And that's pretty much it. We went to we our last show. Somehow, we stayed a week in Ohio. We found this, this fucking Chick-fil-A of all places. Was just like <laughs> we're calling because like, the, the grace of God showed Himself. You think it wasn't fucking Sunday? Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're like we're just calling around because that's what you did back in the day. You would call Chipotle's, Chick Fil A's, and try to get free mo- food, and they would sponsor meals every once in a while. There's twelve of us in a van. We're starving. Please <laughs> help well, us the, out. The Canadians are gone, so it's just us. It's five of us at this point. Six of us, sorry. And then. Um, we call this Chick-fil-A. Everyone has turned us down. Chipotle's like, fuck you. We don't want to sponsor you, bum-ass losers. You, you get no burrito bowls. And, but we call Chick-fil-A, and they're like, oh, this is the band, right? Like, hold on. What's, what's the name of your band? We're like, but we're the never-ending. They're like, wait a minute. And then he starts playing his iPad or his iPhone. That's what's up. And he was like, dude, I know who you guys are. Like, come on in. We got you. It's like... You guys need a place to stay. Like, over the phone, this guy was so freaking nice. Sometimes you got to be a Christian. Man. Exactly. Well, we were a Christian band. Oh, no. That's what point. <laughs> <laughs> so this Let guy, me pray on it real quick. I'll call you back. This guy has a whole setup. There's, like, chicken sandwiches, chicken nuggets. There's, like, little stuffed animals on the... the I just the, imagine, like, the Last Supper with those Chick-fil-A employees. <laughs> imagine that. That's exactly what it was. And I'm sitting at the there's table. Some, there's some fucking spy from McDonald's kissing <laughs> him on the cheek. <laughs> trying to get that fucking silver, you know? You can see just the tiniest golden arches right there <laughs> on, the, on the breast of his lapel. It's a Macutus. <laughs> and that's pretty much how that tour ended. Oh, yeah. The spot from McDonald's ran this out and, and I was sitting there it's like, when are you going to betray us tonight? <laughs> all, I, all I heard is God provides. God provides, yeah. <laughs> That's all I heard. Canada's pretty chill and Chick-fil-A is pretty well. I about to say, through all that bullshit we Where the fuck was this Chick-fil-A at? Toledo, Ohio. What the fuck? It's the holiest city <laughs> in Ohio. In Toledo. No, Toledo I didn't even know garbage, Toledo. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. I could. I didn't know there's anything good about Toledo. Oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> hold on, here's Toledo, and then here's Detroit. Like, or not Detroit? Was I over? No, I'm at two different places. Those are two different times on Toledo. Pretty sure. Isn't Toledo near Cleveland? I don't, I don't know. We were out. Yeah, Toledo, away. Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever we were, it was like an hour away from the Canadian border. It was about Old Hampshire or whatever. <laughs> but it was like night and day. You were wherever we were. It's garbage. It's the U.S. side. It's like black, cloudy. You get over to the Canadian border. It's like oh, bright sunny skies. It's like wow, what the fuck just happened here? <laughs> what month was it? May. May. Okay, that makes sense. I feel like most of the time Canada is like, don't go outside too long. You're freezing. You might your hand might fall off if you go to the mailbox, you know. I've never been. Uh, I've never have either. That's just how I imagine it. It's like this frozen tundra full of like. It's like I guess <laughs> as soon as you hit the border, <laughs> it's like Siberia. <laughs> There's fucking tigers. And <laughs> it's like a little Chernobyl or something. <laughs> smoking in the distance. It, it is weird, like layout of certain areas. Like I lived, um, I lived in New Jersey for close to four years or Old so. Jersey near uh, near near Philly, not near. Uh, the city, New York, or anything. Um, South Jersey is really weird because um, there's there's a bit of Southern culture there. Yeah. Like um, America's first rodeo exists. Yeah, yeah. It's in called New Jersey. Ca- in New Jersey, it's called it Cowtown. 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 I know exactly Hell what yeah. you're talking about, and it, it's weird because it's like you they could have named Peaches Cowtown. We got the same effect. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
imagine like all the little cities that you grew up around here seeing like having a little general store and everything that's like south jersey little five yeah. and, uh, mom and the pop places i've been through well my buddy's up in upstate new york and it looks like here like you'll see me pictures yeah, it's just, it's just forest and beautiful stuff you know? oh yeah absolutely yeah, it's it's only, no it's, mosquitoes no, all the yuppies are just centralized <laughs> in manhattan <laughs> like, it's like, how many more people can we fit <laughs> they had um like in jersey it would have um say you're at like a um like a four-way stop in in a in a city, you know, in a city. In, a city. Um, in my city. So there would be sometimes where across the street is a city limit, and on that block is another city limit. Okay. And it's like, well, we're not out of the city yet. Okay. But what they did, they set up all these zones, uh, you know, decades and decades prior, and didn't plan on the state to boom okay, like it did because it was like a tourist spot yeah. and then you know Atlantic City blows up and then it just sort of sprawls out so now like hip hop started popping yeah and, and hardcore movements yeah. start coming yeah. up from Jersey Shore um, not like the show Jersey say, Shore yeah. <laughs> what a situation but uh, <laughs> what was it uh, uh, F, uh, FSU was it uh, Friends Stand United or Fuck uh, Shit Up yeah, it's like yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this old uh, oh, this yeah. hardcore movement from the Jersey all Shore all crews like Courage from Ohio you got FSU whatever all those other BMS <laughs> <laughs> whatever the crew names were BBC <laughs> I realize it's, it's the greatest name for a network ever by it the is. way it is thanks for choosing BBC <laughs> but yeah all the crew movements and especially the hardcore scene grew from like all the bigger cities and I don't know where I was going with that yeah. we're talking uh, Jersey yeah, Jer- Jersey is yeah. weird though man because it's if you can find it on the East Coast, ecologically, geographically, or socially, it exists in New Jersey. Okay. So, like, they've got mountains, they've got swamps, they've got beaches, they've got rednecks, which yeah, is hipsters. They got a lot of hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a handful of straight edge. Is the does Jersey have the same kind of like Boston beatdown straight edge culture? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially like in the Trenton area. Okay. Like, okay. It's hardcore scene's amazing there. It's I miss it like. I wish we had that kind of passion, scene, yeah. Really. Like, but that's the difference between southern passion and I mean, battle rap's the same way. I mean, I know I'm speaking from my yeah. area of expertise here, but the battle rap in New Jersey is pretty incredible compared to down here. Like, there's not even leagues. There's no. We can't go and watch a, a battle rap performance right now. There's no venues or anything. But no, as soon like as you cross, as soon as you cross the Mason Dixon, yeah. I, 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 I think, think that is part of it, just because of how uh, lackadaisical like yeah. uh, like southern culture is, where yeah. it's like, hey man, we're just, we're just trying just, to chill. I'm just trying to grow some cotton and sit on this porch swing. It's <laughs> great, my sleep tea and damn smoke my Winston, you know? Get out the damn garden there. Had a fella from the bank came to the house the other day. It was pleasant. Talked for a while, had some lemonade. It was good. You got That's- papers? That's if a shoe ever's got papers. <laughs> now there's a good boy. Is, is your daddy about? You work for the bank? Papa said I'm a shoe whoever for the, the bank. bank. <laughs> One thing I, I do like about that movie in particular is um the southern accents right mm-hmm. they do a really good job with it it's um, also homer's the iliad yeah yeah yeah, odyssey. yeah odyssey yeah if you um but uh you if you'll notice there um because there's such a prejudice against southern uh culture and well, southern people the southern accent it normally like it has this 
it, it just airs ignorance. You know what I mean? Like people just automatically just because you talk like this now he's dumb as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Man, has no uh, no I, accountability. I yeah. think we're I think we're um, somewhat uh, arguably programmed that way. Mm-hmm. And my rationale for thinking that is that if if you're in the media and we'll we'll say news media, right? And you want somebody to sound dumb, what kind of voice do you give them? Larry the Cable Guy, man. You give him a southern accent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, you, know, you know, he's actually from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, doesn't, yeah, yeah he doesn't talk like that That's a fake that accent, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, Sorry, Larry. <laughs> Put your own blast, bro. You busted, Larry. But we, Hashtag me too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you want somebody to sound intelligent, you give them a British accent. Mm-hmm. So if you look at media through the 20th century, they used to do the same thing visually. They don't do it visually anymore. So if you look at old uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Popeye cartoons. Reaper Madness. Yeah, like so stuff like this, if somebody was, say, Pacific Islander or uh, Asian or black, you would do a caricature of them. Mm-hmm. And then people got hip to that were like, yo, that's fucking cruel. <laughs> like, <laughs> that exaggerated <laughs> emphasis yeah. on certain implications of their character. Yeah. You know? So if, if you'll notice, somewhere, somewhere around mid-20th century, that sort of died out. But what didn't die out is the auditory mm-hmm. part of it. So that stigma. Yeah. So if the southern voice, if if you can't do that, the second choice of accent is a hood accent. Look at Tia. That man has a phenomenal vocabulary. Like he is a very intelligent human being. But people automatically like half the people that I know from generation above us down here. If Tia walked into their their store, they would immediately start following him around. Yeah. They'd immediately look at him like, okay, he's a fucking criminal dude. Hurry up and buy. Yeah. (laughs) Can I help you? Can I help you? But he could buy 10 of those stores and burn them down and not even notice, you know what I mean? And could probably debate them on most world issues and actually do a better job than they could. But it's just the... It works both ways, you know, like to, to look at the Southern accent as ignorance or then for the Southern accent to look at the hood accent as ignorance. Yeah. That's, it's insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's programming that people that are neither mm-hmm. have been giving down, mm-hmm. so... I think it boils down to what you put your money into. Like, you're talking about New Jersey and then the South, you know, and talking about how it's just the laziness or the lackadaisical attitude of the, the Southern culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more what they invest their money into. Because if you look at Southerners, like, it's either agriculture or construction. Yeah. You know what I mean? That there's no desire to invent, no desire to push the bar, to, to bring in a new wave. And most of them are so rooted in their roots that they fear change. They, they fear if a vape store opens in their town because now we're doing all the little young and don't have vapes. It's like, no, just fucking keep your kids from vaping. You know what I mean? Like, they're your kids. Yeah, like, talk to your children. <laughs> yeah, fucking. <laughs> what did Shady what say? What's that? Well, uh, Slim Shady said, uh, I'm here to save this new generation of babies from parents who failed to raise them because they're lazy. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Is that, that ties back into lackadaisical nature, you know, yeah. is that, that they do just kind of ignore these cultural changes because they're so, they don't want to change. Yeah. They, they want to listen to the same things. They like, well, this, turn, on, turn on a country radio station right now. It's the same fucking thing. Every song has the same beat, the same tempo, the same situation. Then you look at. SoundCloud rappers and it's different like like we're talking about Post Malone you know like he's, he's so much different than every other rapper out there right now and that's where's he from? Texas? Texas? That, that's odd <laughs> 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 that is, He's from Texas! <laughs> that, that's so awesome <laughs> Keep going guys <laughs> 
<laughs> Does Coulter understand that? No, I do not. And I was actually about to get into that. He, <laughs> he's recently gone through a terrible relationship in Texas. It <laughs> came to a head and had a pretty bad thing. So he's like, hey, you want to go to Texas Roadhouse? He's like, Texas? <laughs> and he's always like, there was like anything Texas related. It's like, would you would you like some Texas <laughs> or like, or like her name, <laughs> like someone, will, someone will call me like, "Hey, this is so and so for Samson." He'll be like, <laughs> "It's entirely dramatized, you know." But it's so fucking funny to me. He gets oh, me every yeah. time. I mean, you gotta find humor in oh, like, yeah, for every sure. life's tragedy. Yeah, sure. yeah. But, like you, if you have to create your own happiness, because life doesn't owe us shit. Exactly, like exactly. nothing. No so, one owes you nothing. No. What does uh, Jack Nicholson say in the party? No one gives you anything. You have to take it. Yeah, you have to take it. And that, and that includes your laughter as well. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I, I personally found humor as a defense mechanism works a lot better than ego-driven violence works or, as a defense mechanism. Yes, or self-destructive tendencies. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, like, yeah, well, especially whenever like you're kind of self-loathsome anyway. Exactly. Like, when, that's you, a, when that's a natural, like you have to actually fight your mind to keep from destroying yourself. Like, yeah. you, you can't feed into that. Like it, right. it'll grow. I like that in, in scripture it says that there was a serpent in the Garden of Eden, but then in Revelation it says it's a dragon because they've been feeding them. Yeah. We, we feed those negative spirits until they're so big we have to fight them, you know? And uh, I think it's, it's interesting to watch people that, well, I just, I, I ain't never going to do it compared to someone who's failing 15 times. Like, no, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> like, We're going to make it happen, you know? But uh, what I say about Post is uh, you don't expect him to be from Texas. You know what I mean? You don't look at him and say, oh, this is a, a, this is style. Like, if I put him a Post Malone song right now, no one would be like, fucking Lone Star State. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Fucking, I'm for it, you know? But when you, when you look at entertainment as a whole like that, like... It's just, it, you, it comes from where you don't expect it to. Like no, no one expected Jim Morrison yeah. to rise to the level that he did, or to get the attention that he did when he's talking about fucking his mom on stage. You know what I mean? Did, like, you, did you ever see uh, where uh, speaking of Jim Morrison, uh, where his dad was the CIA? Yeah, 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 yeah. MK yeah. Ultra, man. Yeah, yeah. Back into it. yeah. So well, I just lied to you both. Huh? He's from New York, Syracuse. Boy, well, you just fucked up my entire post Malone. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just dropped the ball. Well, <laughs> so much for the podcast. Let's yeah. just shut it down. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. So, you're, you're so stuck on Texas. You don't know where the fuck he's from. <laughs> I think the whole point of uh, like Texas was it still like, worked. The, the whole Southern accent thing is like the ignorance behind it. Like me being from Georgia, all of us being from Georgia, they think we're fucking ignorant as shit because oh. our accents are different. Yeah, they're like. Hey man, talk real quick. I'm like, you sound as ignorant as I do. What's the difference? You're like, nah, man, we talk like this. Yeah, we got a damn PBR and a damn straw hat. And we you got, got PBR. Y'all say dude. your letter E. <laughs> I don't like it. Over yonder. <laughs> can, I, can I get you something from over yonder? Nah, man, it's over yonder. Mm. Uh, difference, man. In Jersey, they would say John a lot. Like, yo, hand me that John over there. John. Oh, which John? This John? No, no, no. The fuck that is John. A, what's a John? A John is a nondescriptive noun. Okay. J A W N. So, like, like, we say shits. Yeah. Hey, you got a shits over there? Yeah. You see that shit mm-hmm. going on there? Yeah. Shit right yeah, they call it John. Oh, John. Oh, John. That fucking thing over there. Yeah, that fucking John. I'm fucking walking here. Fucking walking in this John just laying in the street. Fucking John's right here. I went to uh, went to Manhattan once and uh, I was coming out of the um, uh, the Guggenheim Museum. Guggenheim. Guggenheim. I Museum. like it. Uh, I got to see. It was awesome. I got to see uh, a lot of uh, uh, impressionist and post-impression and expressionist artists. So I got to see like 
uh, Van Gogh, Cezanne, awesome. Manet, That's Monet, awesome. uh, even some Picasso was in there. Any some, Goya? Any Dali? Uh, there was a Goya, no okay, Dali. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it was a. Uh, Fucking love Goya, man. That man's insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that man was insane. But I had, uh, I had come out and I was waiting, like, uh, my friend was still inside and she had, like, a, what do you call it? Uh, when you go to art museum, they'll give you, like, headphones in case you don't, like, know, like, about the artist. Be like, like, oh, this. The painting full seven B. Girl takes time. bath. I never took the time to actually put the headphones on for that. Is it even worth it? Um, I don't know because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no thank you. No thank you. So so like yeah, I'm like I'm like outside, just like like wow, like you know, reveling in like seeing these things that like you know my my mom had showed me like you know books yeah. growing up as a little. Your boy. mom taught me art. In she taught me art middle too. school even. Yeah. She gave me bad grades sometimes, or whatever. Uh, she, 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 likewise. <laughs> she got real mad about my vase that I made once. It had a carb on it. And she, ah. <laughs> so yeah, you're gonna have to break that. I worked real hard on it. Well, what do you mean? It's just for the air to move through. It's just like I pour water in the bottom for the flowers. <laughs> the, when I put my my my, my trees, I mean flowers in. Perfect. <laughs> fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. Talking about Gorgon Hymans. Oh, the Guggenheim. The more Guggenheimans. Or you, kids, you kids want some Guggenheims? Nah, nah, I don't need them, Jones. No, I still got my hymen. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google somewhere else, bud. <laughs> Google hymen. Oh, that's foul. No, don't Google no. hymen. No one Google hymen. But uh, I'm standing out there and there's this... Uh, there's this guy, he's got like a stroller with his kid, and he's there with his wife there, you know, standing on the sidewalk, looking up, just wow, I guess. And this guy with his family walks through, and he sort of like nudges the guy as he walks by. And the guy, you know, with the stroller lets go and turns around, and the other guy turns around even quicker, he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, is that your sidewalk? Sorry, it's his sidewalk, everyone! Everybody. Everyone, look, this guy wants the fucking sidewalk. <laughs> sorry! I'll move out of your way next time. <laughs> I'm just, like I'm like from me to Bobby, like far away. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Georgia, it's like, oh, hey there, bud. Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh terribly sorry. Just waving at people you don't know going on the highway. I never got that. <laughs> it's fun to get behind. It's always fun to get behind like a truck that's doing that, and you see like how many times he'll just like throw up like a wave. My cousin does this shit. I'm gonna do it on camera. He goes. <laughs> Every fucking time. I'm talking about 16 cars in a row. I'm just like, fucking stop, man. Like, no one wants to wave at you. <laughs> this is bullshit. Somebody does. <laughs> Somebody loves me out there. Yeah, I don't know why, like, why everybody waves down here. Hospitality, man. That's why Southern hospitality is so famous. That's why they hate us. That's why they call us all dumb because of our accents. Yeah, that's true. As, as long as you don't look a little different, <laughs> you're cool with us. <laughs> or you talking about before, like, bastard sons of pirates and lumberjacks. Exactly. Like, we're, like, rolling through Taco yep. Bell I was like oh god where are these people yep. thinking what's going on in this vehicle oh, and god, most of us are damn hybridized to the point that it doesn't make any fucking sense either so what are, I'm a Scots-Irish Native American fucking Cajun man ah, like, a bastard <laughs> yes <laughs> you're a mudblood as they call him J.K. Rollins or whatever her name is <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Fucking Harry Potter. Well, oh, okay. I don't know why that did not click in. I, I said her name wrong, I believe. I get I get JK and TK. She's JK. And then uh, Tolkien. <laughs> oh, uh, well, JK Tolkien. <laughs> you know, fucking Harry Lord of the Rings or whatever. You're a wizard, Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was talking about the backdoor sluts nine episode of South Park <laughs> earlier today. So that's so fucking funny. So <laughs> Absolutely love. I'm glad that show has aged really well and has not gotten wrapped up in the SJW culture. Yeah, well, they they're trying to. You know, they're catching all that hell for the transgender athletes. Thing. Oh yeah, like, yeah. LGBT community posted yeah. this whole thing that's like a South Park really crossed the line. We can't believe they said that. You can't believe they said that. Have you seen any episode of like South Park one. ever? But they Park? attack everyone. They're not just hate center toward gays. No. They hate everyone. Well, I mean, that's that's the part of the their philosophy of humor, which uh, to me resounds very well. Which is, you no make, punches. if you make up or excuse me, if you make fun of one thing, you have to be able to make fun of everything. Because the instance that you come in and say you can't make fun of this, then that means everything else you make fun of is now malicious. Exactly. And that's yeah, exactly. not what humor is. Like you're, you're molesting comedy at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like me, like I'll, I'll make fun of myself and be the butt of the joke. I got no problem with it. Even if I don't find it funny, it's fine. That's me. But I'm going to make fun of everything else. No, No judgment, just commentary. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I want you to succeed, but not succeed, succeed. But... I'm gonna talk some shit. I've never, I've never sucked many seeds. <laughs> I'm gonna suck some seed, man. <laughs> Seedless fruit over there, happy with accepting me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but shit, like you have to be able to find comfort in all of it. And I think that's that's part of what everyone doesn't like about Donald Trump. Is he can't take a joke. He, yeah, he can't handle. Well, I think I think a part of it's also it's like, you know, the, the dude will speak for like two hours. And then and you're saying, ex- not much. Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot. But he goes off the script, and when he does, that's the most entertaining it's part. Like, it's fun. It's, it's like fun. Oh, I don't want to talk about this. You guys don't mind if I ignore the teleprompter, do you? It's like, Yay! You're fired. You're fired. But like they'll show like a uh, like a thirty second clip, and it's almost always it's this orange man bad mentality. It's like, can you believe he said that? Like well, yeah. I mean, did you see all the other nasty shit he said? Like, I, I'm not a big fan of his rhetoric, but I like that he's politically incorrect. Yeah. I mean, that's you got you got to it's objective. You got to take the good with the bad with it. He's definitely not nearly as eloquent as our previous president, and I I honestly don't think we'll find no. someone who was for quite a while. He had to be. Yeah. He couldn't just pop in like pop pop son. You know, like he'd have caused some hell. <laughs> yeah. But. I mean, if you think about it, Donald Trump was born in 46, and Martin Luther King was assassinated in 68. So he was alive for that. Yeah. Like, he saw segregation. Like, well, plus, he was always, uh, like, this uh, unsung hero in lesser communities. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And until, um, you know, you... Politics. Know, <laughs> yeah, got into politics. Well, TV actually was probably the first one. Like, you know, that's when first people first started being like, okay, I don't like his personality. But I just think it's crazy to think that, like, Martin Luther King, Anne Frank, and Barbara Walters had the same birthday. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They all three existed. Barbara Walters still alive. Donald Trump was a, a, a teenager, twelve years old, when forty-six to sixty-eight. He's twenty-two. Hmm? Twenty-two, yeah, yeah. Twenty-two years old when uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Like, could you imagine having that's that wild. that level of comprehension, being twenty-one and seeing that? That's crazy to me. Yeah? That's like Dali. Dali died in eighty-nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to think about everything that that inspired his art you have to put yourself in that headspace and think like well there was still fucking segregation there was still pretty drastic civil rights movements going on uh, like we were talking about the hip hop culture earlier the LA riots it weren't until yeah, 91 <laughs> yeah, how old was Donald Trump in 91 he's 40, 1946 so 
He's 54. Yeah. He's 54 years old when NWA started popping. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, he, he should have a pretty vast knowledge of it. But when, when you're that age, you're going to have that same, like, tie into your roots. You're going to be so rooted in what you know that yeah. it's going to be hard to step out. But it's, it's very difficult to step out of your own box the older you get, you know. But when you're younger, you it's easier, I think, to do it. Um, maybe this will be a good launching point for red pill discussions. Mm. But I think it's... Um, easier when you're younger because you're looking for something to rebel against in order to find autonomy right so it i I think we have this sort of notion that like once you sort of rebel against an institution and find your voice that you're set and i don't think that you should ever think that you're set with learning mm-hmm. at all. Facts, facts, facts. Um, and or it, that you're you have a comprehensive knowledge of everything. Well, there's there's no way for you oh, to yeah. to have a comprehensive understanding of every situation. It, it has to be presented to you, and then you form an opinion based off of mor- morality or necessity. You know, like just because it's legal doesn't mean it's moral, and just because it's necessary doesn't yeah. mean it's legal or moral. Yeah, precisely. Like, Our country was founded because one only one quarter of the people living here centuries ago said. We don't want to follow your laws. Exactly. So, Fuck you, come get it. Yeah. Here's your tea bag, bitches. And so, <laughs> it's crazy to think that a, a quarter of people living in the Americas took on the biggest military power in oh, the world. Facts, facts. And won. And I think ingrained within our cultural uh, unconscious mind, we still remember oh, yeah, like, like that. You know, that this authoritative rule came in and. We weren't uh, we weren't about to have it. We never shoot the curse off. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I think I think we've done some good things. I mean, Grand America has done some evil things. Okay. Every country Definitely. has. Yeah. Everybody has. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Yeah. No doubt. I'm mm-hmm. just as flawed as anybody else. Yeah, how, can, how can you do true good without experiencing true evil? You can't. It's impossible. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. But we um, Hitler was an intelligent man. He was an, an insane human being. Yeah. He was an intelligent man, and, and I, I argue this with a lot of people. The amount of faith that he had to have to go from a death row inmate to an emperor—you know what I mean? That's that's insane. Yeah. Do I respect him? Not at all. I don't. I don't like anything. It's a very Darwinistic approach to life. He was favored races, you know. But at the same time, like if you look at the things that he could have accomplished, like he was capable of incredible things. He just chose to do the opposite. Well, he. It started off initially, he got rid of uh, the banking cartels. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it, people are trying to do now you yeah. know, in America. Well, it took, it made it so the top 1% was now 99% of the population exactly. after he kicked out the banking cartel. So every German became wealthy. Imagine that in America right now. Yeah, yeah. If all the bank's wealth was dispersed amongst the citizens. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Com- the, you can't the, comprehend it. The problem that happened, aside from him probably you know, murdering, taking meth and murdering Jews. people, <laughs> was the imperialistic approach where I've never, I've never noticed the correlation between methamphetamine uses and supremacy hmm. mentality. It's so weird, right? That is odd. <laughs> Every method I know is a supremacist. It's <laughs> true. But um, <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> I think if uh, you know, if we look at some of the things like America in particular, we have uh, we've been setting the moral pace for the world mm-hmm. for the past couple centuries. So we have rooted out two, I would say, uh, of the most poisonous ideologies, which is um, of course. Uh, supremacy, either by ethnic or racial means, mm-hmm. and people as property. Fact. Now, I think the problem is that the intrinsic value of a human being yeah yeah but the um 
the problem we've had in the modern scope is we have pushed these two ideologies into one mm -hmm. and thought that like, okay, people as property is the same as racial supremacy. And it's not, no. it's not. If you look at Libya right now, where after we went in and got rid of their dictator Gaddafi, well, what happened is the barbarian horde filled that vacuum. Right. And now Libya is the slave nation right. of the world, where that's where slave trades happen on YouTube. I mean, even, say. even in America, they did it with like Chicago. Yeah. They made it where, okay, we've abolished the racism, but y'all y'all go ahead yeah. and fight over it. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You guys just live in this neighborhood. Here's some cracking guns and some projects. Yeah, yeah. You got it. But well, That's like Lyndon Johnson talked about. He wanted to have uh, black Americans, for, he didn't use that, yeah. that, that word, terminology. Um, voting Democrat for 200 years. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the goals of the federal welf uh, welfare state. And when you look at the long-term ripple effects of that, like, there's certain dots you can't really disconnect. Mm -hmm. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but if you're going to look at that end of it, you have to also look at the end of it where, as an American, Kanye West, like in, in one of his songs, he's, I'm a different type of leader. I could be in North Korea. I could smoke a Wiz Khalifa. Huh? Yeah. Uh, that, that's incredible that he's in the White House shaking hands with Donald Trump. Yeah. He's in North Korea hanging out with Kim Jong-un. He's in California smoking weed with Wiz Khalifa. Like, to, to see that the... the the right of a black man's passage has made it to the point where you can literally be in different world leaders while doing the very thing that people are being incarcerated for in other yeah. places. That's wild to me. Yeah, did you uh, see any of his uh, uh, Jesus is King interview? Well, yeah, and here's my problem with that. He dropped Jesus Walks 10 years ago. Yeah. A decade ago, he was still promoting Christian faith. And I, I think that we just look at things as so, so open and shut. Like, he wasn't a Christian for all these years because he hung out with Jay-Z and talked about booty music. But then now he's a Christian again because he's talking about Jesus again. So what? He, he, he made Jesus waltz 10 years ago and countless of my friends from the hood and everything like would sing it like gospel. Yeah. It was, it was literally ingrained into their faith, you know? And then to think that just now all of a sudden he can't be respected because his wife had a sex tape. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, to, but as far as a Southern Baptist mentality goes, he fell out of the grace of God. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. It blows my fucking mind. But... He's achieved like an incredible amount of things. Jay Z is, is on the Forbes list. You know what I mean? He's incredibly rich. Uh, Dr. Dre sold Beats by Dre to Apple yeah, for first, billions. First billionaire. Exactly. Uh, from hip hop. It's insane to, yeah. to think about the American culture promoting to that degree. But at the same time, you can't play it too loud in the street or you'll get a ticket. You might offend little Miss Bertha down there from you know down the Methodist Church and you yeah. can't have all that. She doesn't like those foul words. No, she's like seventy three and got dementia. Well it's like the same way well, it's the same mentality with uh, you know, like whenever uh, metal came into mainstream consciousness well, and then you start having religious metal acts come exactly. in and that that contradict yeah. the notion of this is what the music is designed to do. It's or, like, well, John, or Johnny Cash singing I'll Fly Away and then the very next song is talking about snorting coke in Mexico. Yeah. Like, right, talking about he went to Reno and killed a man <laughs> exactly. for the purpose of just, just to watch him die. Yeah. He's got a song called Cocaine Blues about where he killed his wife. Yeah. He woke up, did a shot of cocaine and shot her down. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, whoa. Just, just see the whoa. grandmothers just clap their exactly. hands along. <laughs> Johnny Paycheck has a pretty cool song called Outlaw's Prayer. Mm -hmm. if you, should hear, you should look it up if you never heard it. He's a guy who sings uh, Take This Job and Shove. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he uh, basically goes, it's a, it's a dictation song. He's just talking. He's, he's not really singing, but he goes to this church and they kick her out, kick him out basically because he doesn't have good shoes on his feet and he's got long hair and all this stuff. And then he's sitting there praying outside the church, talking about how the women in the church were on the front row of the show last night singing, sing, shove it. And it's just funny to see the implications of that, how like he was worshiped. And I say that 
I say it loosely, but I mean it. He was, he was literally worshipped by crowds of people while he played his music, but then kicked out of a church because he had long hair and a beard. Yeah. And then he saw a picture of Jesus on the way out and was like, eh, I don't think he'd mind, you know, my tattered clothes and my shoes on my I, feet. I, I, don't, I don't think a, uh, a divine entity would mind that at all. I think well, it would be irrelevant. To well, that's what's funny is 90% of the, the Christians out here are like, well, don't mark your body. Don't get tattooed. You know, don't, don't put marks upon your flesh. But on the same page, it says not to shave off the corner of thy beard or bring yeah. baldness upon thy head. Yeah. It's like, what? How can you pick and choose? Yeah. You pick one you're, or throw you're eating some lobster bisque over there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kind of notice yeah, that's exactly. here. You ain't got a problem with pork well. chops there, Playboy, or wearing polyester. Like, yeah. What's going yeah, on? It's, it's, it's cherry picking morality. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that that's that's where my faith differs from everyone. I don't believe it's morality uh, in the sense of religion. You know, I, I believe religion is man made and an attempt to achieve eternity. But I believe, uh, as far as the actual code of ethics in a religion goes, it, it was more of just an operational manual. It tells you what is associated with each of those actions. Adultery is associated with a broken home. Tattoos are associated with being peculiar. Dishonoring your family is associated with not achieving success. Like it, it's interesting to see all these things. The reason why pork was on there was because if you eat pork, you get sick. Yep. Especially back then when they had no refrigeration. Oh you know, yeah. I mean, it's a way different process, you know. And uh, same thing with shrimp and sushi and all that stuff. Like, just because we can do it without a, without experiencing condemnation, doesn't mean it's the best route, yeah. you know. And uh, no offense to our vegan friends, as we were saying earlier, yeah, yeah. it's a religion. Uh, to, to the same I, I think it's, I think it's veganism is American as fuck. Yeah. Nowhere else can't, in the world you can't, uh, would a culture it. thrive. It's a luxury. It, it is, but now, like a hundred years ago, if that was your religion, you're not going to have a very long life. Either that, exactly. or you're going to you know, cave on your own religion. You know in scripture, don't you? It hmm. says, "One man who is weak eats only herbs; another who is strong eats all things. Let not him which eats judge him that eats not, or him that eats not judge him that eats." But it's interesting because in a primal culture, you would be weaker if you had to exist off of barley and grain and what you could scavenge. Yeah, you wouldn't have any protein or the same amount of protein you died. You wouldn't have the same luxury we had to exist in comfort. You would be on a farm. You would give out halfway through of a six-hour day full of hard labor if all you're eating is lentil. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Plus, what if you're on the frontier and you're trying to move through wilderness exactly. to get to the other coast. Well, that was actually a, one of my arguments with the people you were mentioning earlier uh, that you were talking about that were vegan. Uh, I, I challenged them. I was like, yo, if you'll go live for 30 days off the land with me in South Georgia eating only a vegan diet, I'll be vegan for the rest of my life. But you can't use anything cultivated. You can't get buy anything from any corporate entity. You have to solely whatever you can harvest or capture yourself. That's what you eat. Yeah. But you would starve to death in South Georgia eating palmetto hearts and pecans. That's all you <laughs> got. Would. Blackberries and pecans. There's no wild corn here. Like we, we cultivate <laughs> corn. Like it's it's only through the I say corporate slavery that vegan the vegan culture can even exist because you have to be purchasing from non local parties. Like yeah. it's impossible. Yeah, you can't find here in bumfuck Georgia you can't find someone that has an industry that exists solely off of what they produce and what they sell and it'd be vegan it's impossible <laughs> absolutely impossible and when you incorporate all the GMOs and everything it's really not that not that much healthier you know yeah well the GMOs are like like most things I find it to be interesting because if we um, if we just paint that topic with a broad brush we don't get anywhere right, right? exactly because people are like GMOs are bad it's like well Let's unpack this a little bit because GMOs also allow our bread to exist for like more than 36 hours. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. my fat ass likes my bread. I like bread too, man. <laughs> I do like fresh baked bread better. What? 
Breader. Go on. I like breader, bread, bread. <laughs> butter, bread. What's the breadest bread you got here? <laughs> you, got, you got anything breader? <laughs> but I do love fresh baked bread. But at the same time, if I had to go and exist in an apocalyptic scenario, that's going to be impossible to, to actually support. But at the same time, in that ap- apocalyptic scenario, you're going to lose most of the... The, the corporate package things that are going to last for weeks. Yeah, hunter gatherers will survive. Exactly. Not the civilized. Yeah, exactly. The barbarians of sorts. But as far as the GMO goes, like broccoli was created. Yeah. Broccoli didn't exist. <laughs> we made it for, by modifying. One of the best things we've done as a species. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. So broccoli. good. So great. Yay. <laughs> Give me steak and bacon, baby. I'm fine with it. I'll put some broccoli on that steak. But if you look at what a pig I'm actually is. Huh? I'm hungry now. No, me too. But if you look, look at what a pig actually is. Is there a broccoli steak? For a shop? <laughs> I don't know. You got them impossible that. burgers, you know, if you want your estrogen up high. Nah, that's okay. I cry enough. <laughs> a lot of soy in there. But <laughs> but if you look at what a pig actually is, it's hardware that was introduced into an ecosystem that has software to uh, to con- uh, consume waste. Yeah. It takes away. It's literally nature's garbage truck. But we can't take our garbage trucks and make bacon. You see what I'm saying? So with, to, to see a pig that can exist in an ecosystem, do its job, and then be harvested and used to the benefit of the people around them is a beautiful thing. To see one that just dies and rots, that, to me, that's wasteful. Like, it doesn't make any sense not to take advantage of the opportunity that you right. have there. You know? I, w- I will agree with my vegan friends that there, there are problems within the uh, cultivation and uh, animal farms. Oh, cruelty, yeah, definitely. Um, so, but I mean, I've got I've got friends of mine, you know, up in Lakeland that are farmers. That, hey, this cow has lived like thirty plus years. Not biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Not my boy biscuit. But if it's a, you know, if you trying to get a rib steak, I'm gonna put him down. <laughs> yeah, call me, man. <laughs> we'll meet at the cabin. <laughs> That's like, uh, yeah, you shouldn't. And like you said, it's a waste. Like if if the animal's dying, like I mean. I mean, whenever my pets I'm gonna have eat gotten old, gonna eat it. well, I mean, I don't eat my pets. Yeah, let, me, let me clarify. I mean, I'll eat a puppy I if I only got eat you. the delicious pets. Yeah, if I have to, I'll eat one. Yeah. Like, bold of you to assume I would eat a dog <laughs> <laughs> if I'm starving. I but, mean, that's why I keep Roxas in there. Right, there you go. <laughs> that's why they're in the van with me all the time. Make a, make a mean. Van's been broken down 30 minutes. I'm going to have to start looking for food. <laughs> but our little one goes first. <laughs> Edgar make three good wontons. Exactly. <laughs> You'd be exactly. good to go. But... It is detrimental to consume that much meat over time. You know, like Elvis died with eight pounds of undigested red meat in his colon. Yeah. You know? But that's because we were created for feast and famine, and we don't go through famine periods in America. We all feast all right. the time. No, no famine to ever actually fast and reset your cycles. And then you were talking about the cruelty and the production of the meat. And I think that it's, to me, it's heartbreaking to watch a bunch of vegans be upset about a, a pork factory or a chicken production place or whatever when there are millions of Americans being incarcerated, being treated with cruelty right yeah. now, and they have no, they don't even try you know what I mean this, right. it blows my mind it's just the hypocrisy of it well people are people too people are people too yeah people uh, are people too I mean we're not eating them or anything so I guess not yet I mean give me give me a couple of years you know. I mean it could happen it could it, it could, could. happen they start cloning people for oh man if you could clone yourself would you would you kill and eat your clone just just to try it absolutely I think I would I would this is a deep question 
Just because... Can I do, like, sexual things first? Or? Well, okay. Oh, I mean, we're just taking that route. Huh? <laughs> taking that route uh, in well, that case. I'm curious about being gay, but I've never met anyone that I really wanted to hook up with. So, like, if I saw a me in the distance, I'd be like, oh, that man got it going on. I'd be like, that man's standards are just as low as mine. Nice dig, homie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that's the case, I'd be like, man, that looks like a very disappointing man right there. <laughs> he looks like he needs to be held. He, he you want to be the little spoon this time? He needs a hug. <laughs> That's what sucks about being tall, man. Like, why can't I be the little spoon? <laughs> Anytime I'm the little spoon, I always have to get in like fetal crouch position. <laughs> Every time I'm the little spoon, I just feel like they're the backpack. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I just have a See, person behind me now. I'm not really being held. I'll, I'll tell you how it is being a small guy. It is. <laughs> Comfortable car rides. I can take a shower anywhere. I look good in the bathtub. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm getting older, so I don't, I don't look as good in the bathtub. You like balls anymore, float to the top when you get in. Or they something. are a natural <laughs> safety flotation device at this point. You know what I really want? I just rest my phone on top of my there you go. water. There you go. <laughs> and it just sort of floats. I can watch it. Yeah, exactly. At least you're not like shitting in the shower, like Joey Diaz. Oh, no, like, no. Maybe, maybe if, I, if I ever get like you know incredibly wealthy and like 400 plus pounds. My, my current employer, when he built his I was shower, just about yeah. to say that. my current employer, when he built his shower, he had an extra large sewage drain put in because he has a tendency to get intoxicated and shit himself and puke himself in the shower. <laughs> so he literally built it so that it could compensate for the amount of <laughs> fecal matter well, and vomit. I <laughs> At least he was planning ahead. He didn't believe I didn't me. Believe it. So I FaceTimed him and was like, hey, why'd you put that big ass pipe in your shower? So I can shit in there, no? No hesitation, entire, entire honesty. See, you know, it was great, man. But what I want to experience that I feel like I'll never get a chance to experience is being picked up and thrown in the air like a child. I just feel like I, woo, woo, like I just had the time of my life. You know what I mean? It's fun. You, you do find, that shit to me all the time. Man, I love, I love picking Bobby up. Should I find yourself some, uh, some like seven foot tall lumberjack, right. like out in Saskatchewan? He, I, doesn't, he doesn't know the internet's been invented yet. I go viral. By the way, Saskatchewan is scary as fuck. <laughs> I just remember you just start, you just ain't that that bitch on that coin? The episode just had to kick in. <laughs> ain't, that um, that, ain't that that lady on that coin? Yeah. Saskatchewan. No, 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 no. That's that hairy bitch that runs through the woods. And <laughs> I, I've seen a Saskatchewan. <laughs> Sam Squinch, Ricky. <laughs> it's called a Sam Squinch. Oh man, there's definitely some squatch out here. <laughs> You've seen um, Strange Wilderness. Where they go in the nature documentary or whatever, they find Bigfoot. Maybe? It's got like the Happy Madison cast in it. Okay, that, that sounds good. familiar. It may not be a Happy Madison production, but they like go out and they're filming a nature documentary. And it's got a little homie in it from fucking uh, Daddy Daycare, the Star Trek dude. I can't remember his Leonard name. Leonard Nimoy? I can't remember his name. Uh, live long and prosper. Yeah, but I mean, it's not Star Trek guy. Mm. From Star Trek, it's the guy from Daddy Daycare that loves Star Trek. Ah, he was a nerd. I have to, we'll have to link it. But <laughs> <laughs> they find Bigfoot. <laughs> they find Bigfoot, and they're all armed with automatic weapons. <laughs> and Bigfoot comes out, and he goes, "Huh?" And they're like, <laughs> "Just like shooting." Down the- I'm pretty sure it was a rar. And homie's like, "I think he said huh." And so now he's like, "Rar." <laughs> they just unnecessarily murder <laughs> fucking Sasquatch in this game. <laughs> but it's so good, man. We got him, fellas. There's actually, to take it to a different note there, there's actually a, a primitive orangutan that lived in the North America. I believe it's Giganthrop- Giganthrocopicus or something like that. Might be. I feel like you made that up. I'm not. I'll Google it. Sure, I know. But it was, a, it was a native orangutan that existed in America. 
Have you guys ever seen the, um, it's like footage on YouTube of, uh, Swamp Apes for Lagabarita. You talking about, like, Skunk Ape? Yeah, 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 yeah. Giganthropicus. He's nice. the largest ape, the, ar- the largest ape that ever lived, and he lived Scary in America. Scary the Henderson shit, yeah, man. He lived in America, man. That's a freaking Sasquatch, dude. Yeah. Also, another incredible film, if you want to educate yourself on Sasquatch uh, and Hitler at the same time, it's called The Man Who Killed Adolf Hitler and Then Bigfoot. That's the name of the movie, and it's Sam, Sam Elliott. Yeah. It is Sam inc- Elliott? It's incredible. He's basically a soldier that actually assassinated Hitler, and the federal government comes and hires him to take out this Bigfoot creature. And the Bigfoot creature, like when it drinks out of a body of water, it pollutes the water with an infectious bacteria, and because it has such a high calorie intake, mm-hmm. that it would make the animals sick and slow, and then he was immune to it so he could eat the carrions in order to survive. Ah. But uh, in the movie, they touch on some pretty cool things, like uh, that species apparently, like, I mean, it's fictional, you know, but that species would bury their dead and like have funerals and like we've noticed primates doing that in certain areas of the world and uh, it's part of the theory of why there's no bodies etc 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 crazy film crazy fucking film there's a have you ever seen a Lloyd Pye everything you know is wrong no I haven't but it sounds like something I'd love uh, it's a pretty pretty pretentious title you know but um, grain of salt type thing yeah yeah he um, he talks about the <coughs> human origins and you know uh, things of that nature but he um he talks about the, the argument of people, skeptics, that will say that, well, we don't have any fossil records of pre-humans or Sasquatch, anything like that. Yeah. So he um, postulates the argument that, well, if you think about that, we came in, we're pack hunters, and we take over the riverbeds, mm-hmm. the valleys, the coastlines. Anything fertile. Yeah. And... Where would that leave these uh, other uh, hominids or, you know, human-like creatures to go to? Well, Cryptoids. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the mountaintops, the deserts, mm-hmm. the tundra, the, the swamps, areas, yeah. places where we do not personally live. Yeah. And if you, if you take that consideration of the uh, ecosystems in which they theoretically would uh, inhabit, try getting fossils out of a swamp. Try getting anything. Yeah. Like it, the, Try getting out alive in a swamp. The, 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 ecosystem, the ecosystem consumes everything. You can have a human body out there and not find it. Oh, right? yeah. But... We've uh, done it or anything. I mean, no. no right. Yeah, we'll the, talk about that later. Yeah. Shaka-ka. There's, a, there's next, a swamp in Texas called... I think it's Uka, Ukulele or something like that. <laughs> what? Texas? <laughs> I actually meant... <laughs> <laughs> I actually misspoke. It's a swamp in Africa that's the size of Texas, but it's called Okalali or something else like that. But uh, the primitive people there, the indigenous people, actually say that there are small dinosaur-like creatures that live in the swamp. Yeah. Um, but you can't make it deeper. Like we've we've only been a, a couple miles into it. We haven't been all the way through it. It's, it's somewhere near the Congo, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. And it's such dense canopy cover that we can't see down with a helicopter or anything else like that. Mm-hmm. And there's actually still can, cannibal tribes and stuff that live there. It's pretty yeah. crazy, like how far from society it is, you know. And how, but supposedly we know everything. So we don't know squat. We know dick about dick, man. No, no. <laughs> we we've only we well, barely drilled through our crust. Oh, you know, yeah. well, <laughs> it's like, hot down there. Like um, what was it? Uh, probably I've always been kind of conspiratorial minded. As we talked sure, earlier, sure. I like controversial things. So whenever yeah, I, I was little, I liked Marilyn Manson <laughs> because he was controversial. How long can I like conspiracy though? You know what I mean? Like, well, it, it's be, only a conspiracy until. A certain point, right? It's like, okay, well, this is, there's got to be truth to it, and this, then this, it becomes the form of conspiracy where it's like, no, people literally conspired together, exactly, exactly. for this conspiracy so, of murder. 
Yeah. Bad deal. So, like, um, for instance, the, um, you know, when Copernicus came up with the idea that the, uh, the, the Earth, the earth well, the Earth moves, yeah. like, that was his big thing, was that there was the mobility of the Earth. And you see this schism that happens within uh, dogma, wherein you have science is born, and you have uh, religion, theology, continue. So there are, as, as and many things in uh, places of power, there's politics involved, right? right? So within the uh, Vatican, which, by the way, owns most of our telescopes and owns the world's largest binocular telescope, mm-hmm. um, the Vatican... That means, that, that means two, yeah. two eyes. So they, um, (laughs) that's why it's called a monocle, because one eye. What? That's crazy, man. (laughs) Freaking man, man. How am I supposed to wear that? I got two. And then Mandela effect. You know the damn, uh, the peanut, Mr. Peanut? Yeah. You know, he doesn't have a monocle anymore? He did. Berenstein Bears. He he did have a monocle, and the Berenstein Bears, they changed the font art on some of their books, mm-hmm. so it's a way to bust through the Mandela effect. But with the um, the Copernican thing, what the Vatican did is they um, they had people in particular within the, uh, the Jesuit group. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesuit priests. Mm-hmm. Go into the Copernican model and then stay, some stay with the uh, uh, Ptolemy's model, the Ptolemaic Mm -hmm. model. Um, And as centuries go on, time goes on, um, they had a guy, the top astronomer at the time, his name was Tycho Brahe. Tycho Brahe. Tycho Brahe uh, had an assistant, Johannes Kepler. Uh, Kepler was a guy who postulated that uh, the universe is non-uniform, that they move on ellipses, and it turns out that the math Sinks up. It matches up Mm -hmm. the physics of it. Um, So at the time, Kepler was (coughs) doing an update to Copernicus's model of the universe, and Tycho Brahe was doing an update to Ptolemy's model of the universe. So back in the day, (coughs) they were teaching uh, both models because they were somewhat equivocal. You could find math that would correlate with both Mm -hmm. of them. So Tycho Brahe came up with this model wherein uh, it's, it's a geocentric model, meaning the Earth is the center mm-hmm. and in a preferred location. So the Earth is the center, the Sun and the Moon go around the Earth, and then all everything else, all the planets still go around the Sun. Mm-hmm. The mathematics of it work out, mm-hmm. even if you're using a, a flat Earth model, exactly, exactly. it'll still work for that. Um, Geocentric so or yeah, geocentric. Yeah, so um, as time goes on, it, it causes more and more debate because Kepler, they're pushing hard with Copernicus because it's the new, cool, inventive idea and it spawned scientific revolution. So they, they arguably so, they want to see that progress. But it was also at a time where you had to prove it on paper because we had no technology to, to see outside. So exactly. It, it was entirely theorized and yeah, he, so, he tested it with math. Yeah, so Galileo was the guy who found that it's not always smaller bodies going around the larger bodies. You know, Jupiter has moons. Exactly. So he was able to see that. Um, as time goes on, um, and this is around the time, as I think it's after the Prince, uh, Principia Mathematica, it's Isaac Newton's book, mm-hmm. um, that uh, Mach, where uh, we get the term like Mach 5 Mach or Mach 3. Yeah. yeah. Speed. Uh, uh, Ernst Mach came up with a mathematical formula. It's Ma- uh, Mach's principle that shows that rotation is actually relative. Mm-hmm. So 
there is no physical way for us to prove nor tell if space is fixed and Earth is rotating or if Earth is fixed and, space and if space is, that is rotating. We get the same results either way. Mm -hmm. Later on down the road, uh, Einstein would uh, argue uh, that they're equivocal. They're called coordinate systems. Um, have you heard of the Michelson-Morley experiment? I don't think so. So this is, this is pretty wild. Um, but imagine that um, they were trying to find a way to prove how far the Earth could move, mm -hmm. right? So they postulated that space is filled with this ether-like substance, a medium for which light to move mm -hmm. through. Um, so what they postulated was that if... Um, We'll say my, my fist is the earth, right? So, and it's moving. We'll say you're, you're the sun, right? Earthly. So, yeah, so <laughs> it's going around like this. So they postulated that at the surface of the, uh, the wind, a light beam projected with it is going to be faster than one projected across it. It's kind of like if you're in a river and you swim with the current, you're gonna move a lot faster to the shore than you will be if you try to swim, it. yeah. Um, so the, uh, what they did in this experiment, they had a, um, Imagine um, like four corners, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so in this one corner, they shot out a light beam. In the middle, there's this prism. The light beam hits the prism and it splits in two. One of them makes a 90 degree angle and the other one continues straight. At the end of here, there are mirrors. So light hits, whoop, it rejoins. The one that took a 90 degree turn initially will now go straight and the other one will make its 90 degree turn. So what they would do is they uh, theorize that however much the two waves were out of phase with each other, that would show you how far the Earth had moved. Okay. So it's okay. a pr pr yeah, brilliant yeah. way that to... That like, is intelligent. So what they found was it was zero. Yeah, stationary. What, yeah, so, and this may make you think, well, why do we even know who Einstein is? Mm -hmm. So my argument is this, Einstein found a band-aid for it because they were disappointed in the, um, the experiment. So he used what he called the uh, Lorentz transform, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wherein you say that, okay, well, we'll treat light as a constant and then uh, mass, length, and duration will be altered. Mm -hmm. And it found a way going into the, the 20th century to keep heliocentrism afloat and alive. Now, after this, in comes Hubble, yeah. right, where the Hubble telescope comes mm -hmm. from. So Hubble found that there are actually um, galaxies away from us as well. Yeah. Kind of the same thing the church burnt Bruno about exactly, exactly. back in the day. But um, he found that the ones that were uh, five times further away were moving five times as fast as the ones that were uh, like one hmm. like time away. Uh, and they also had a difference in color. They became redder. So it was known as the uh, red shift. So it, it was hard to explain because with Big Bang cosmology, you know, it's, there, there is no center, right? Exactly. It's, it's non-uniform. Yeah, non so in order to make it work, they came up with dark energy and dark matter because there has to be something that is holding all of this together even though the outer one are moving further away and exactly. faster. Expanding. Yeah, constantly. and there has to be um, an, uh, an energy that would push them. So they came up with dark energy. And in a heliocentric model, that is the majority of the observable universe. Exactly. Dark energy and dark matter. Negative space. So, a way uh, around that, and which is a, 
as odd as it is, a much simpler explanation is that if the Earth is the center, it's velocity, and that's it. Exactly. And Hubble said that it is an intolerable point of view because it puts the Earth in a specialized place. Stationary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't like that. They don't like that at all. And that's not something I was ever taught in science exactly. class. Exactly. They they give us these models whenever you're younger of like but, the planets and the sun's the center and all this. The same the same entity that taught us that Christopher Columbus discovered America though. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. It definitely wasn't Africans that exactly. had already exactly. Come over here. exactly. It definitely wasn't habitated already. <laughs> but that's no, what, no, 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 no. The European, we were the first ones. It ours. We got it, here first. History's written by the victor, man. It is. <laughs> you we look we offended Bobby. I'm sorry. He looks 60, no. <laughs> like 62 years old when he stood up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't move my neck at all. But I'm having to sit here like this the whole time. You get a pillow, bro. I'm good, I'm good. We're here. Get a... Nope. Thought I had a pillow right there. I didn't. This is a secret pillow stash. Like, this somewhere. I don't know where this is it. This is all the motion I got in my neck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, like stuff like that is it, it's wild to think about. Um, especially because uh, you mentioned something earlier about uh, you know education like mm-hmm. being like you know, the university. Yeah, the study yeah. of the universe. Yeah. Um, some intangible to the majority of our population. Right. And they can never experience, never see with their own eyes. Yeah. It, just, it takes faith. It takes a remarkable amount of faith. Um. There's it goes something to say about as far as uh, the current state that we're in, um, as I'm sure you all have uh, read at least once online about the whole punch a Nazi like mm-hmm. thing. Which I mean, let me be clear: fuck Nazis. Yeah, I'll punch a Nazi. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, personally, I don't care. Um, but yet, I'll see people that are they're they're very vocal about this, and they they want you to know where mm-hmm. they stand. It's like, uh, all right, man. I, yeah, I, most of them wouldn't crush a grape. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't crush a grape in a food fight, you know? But um, I came across one of my friends that, um... <laughs> it's me. His name's on my phone. It's meant to be. I came across one of my friends who was very adamant about that, and they're wearing a NASA shirt. And I was like, okay. Let's, get, let me let's ask, get into this. Let me ask you something, then. I was like, what do you know about NASA? And, of course, most of they know is... Well, most of us know the, Apo- on the, moon, the Apollo program. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's this thing, Operation Paperclip, that was started oh, yeah. in oh, 1946 yeah. or 47, wherein the U.S. government under the Truman administration recruited Nazi scientists, propagandists, and other ministers of war and information mm-hmm. to come and work for the government. And NASA was founded up, and the CIA was founded up. And these had Nazis in them. And a lot of them are still here. A lot of them are still here. They're dying off, but some of them are still here. Werner von Braun. Mm -hmm. He was one of uh, Hitler's right-hand rocket engineers. But as far as physics and science go, they were top top of the league. Top of the league. They were. They had pole position. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense why we recruited them. Yet at the same time, if you're going to be postulating the idea that anything Nazi scientists did is bad and you're wearing a NASA shirt and you're listening to music and you're taking an Adderall yeah. <laughs> that makes no yeah. sense you, makes you, no but sense but people people don't want to talk about these kind they of things they want to compartmentalize yeah they want to say well I, I don't know how much I believe that Google it. Exactly. Google it. Exactly. Operation I don't know how much I believe my fucking fifth grade school teacher no. that told me all this bullshit. No. Yeah. The, well, I mean, the whole idea with 
being skeptical and conspiratorial minded is not that like you should believe the other narrative instead. Exactly. Is that no? You should hear. You should hear the counter argument mm-hmm. to an official narrative, and then try to make your own opinion well, about scripture it. Scripture says, "Prove all things and hold fast to that which is true." Prove it all. If you can't prove it, throw it away. Yeah. Period. If you can't actually concrete prove it, why why are you putting faith in it? Yeah. Know? But so I look at some of these things that um, come about in particular with big tech censorship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why are these some of these big tech companies wanting to censor 9-11 truth videos and flat earth truth videos yep. and all this stuff? And it's because I think the same reason they made psychedelics illegal, it's because it makes people think. Exactly, it enlightens. Yeah. It enlightens, it creates the ambition to better your knowledge on the particular topic that you're yeah. talking about instead of just sourcing and being like, oh, well, what I was taught in school. Yeah, it's right here. Like, exactly. I've seen people, their counter-arguments for some of the uh, flat-earth arguments, which I personally find really interesting, because mm-hmm. it's exciting. It's We're in fun. a new it's time fun. of science. Yeah, it's fun. And plus, you get to, like... Why, why are you mad, bro? Like, what's up? <laughs> you, you can see how triggered people get. <laughs> exactly. Like, we, we have all this pictures and evidence. It's like, bro, you see how upset you're getting. That means you haven't really thought about this before. Exactly. It's, it's because they feel challenged, that it's actually a possibility that they could be... Beaten, beaten in this argument. Yeah. You know? but it's, it's insane to me to to not test it, to not to just be able to just accept what you're taught as the doctor. You know, like it, it blows my mind when people are sitting there telling me facts that they read in the textbook, and then they look up the textbook, and that textbook had to have 500 errors changed two years after it was printed. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, well, why why is that your Bible right now? It makes no sense. You know, yeah. it just blows my mind. But um. With most of the things that we're taught, like it requires the ability to, to, to check it out. Like, uh, I believe it was Pythagoras that figured everything out from being paralyzed. He was bedridden and he was using ceiling tiles to match up and formed an entire theory of geometry. He could have just accepted what was the, the norm at that time period and never pushed that bar, and we wouldn't know much of the stuff we know about geometry right yeah. now, you know? But because he was willing to step outside the box, because he was confined to the circumstance where he had to, it created that motivation to actually push the bar. But most people just accept whatever doctrine they were raised in as the gospel. And yeah. They run with it, you know? Yeah. And both people of the theistic and atheistic mm-hmm. variety. Like, just because you you substitute Muhammad or Jesus for Karl Marx exactly. doesn't mean you've solved a problem. Mm-hmm. Or Hagen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. It's like, well, all right, that's, that's cool. And, you know, again, not to keep using them, but, like, you know, our vegan pals where it's like, I don't catch any fundamental vibes from any of those cats. Exactly. None of them. But I do catch it from people that are into theology or into atheology. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, it's like I had a kid debating over me one time. Uh, it was actually, we were actually discussing flat earth and the origin of man is what we were discussing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was explaining how humans have an intrinsic value. They're, they're, they were born with it and that because they exist, they have value. Not because of their wealth, not because of their success, not because of anything of that nature, but just because they exist, they have a value. And that's kind of the, the same argument that vegans use for animals. Yeah. Uh, just because he exists, it doesn't matter if he's pretty, it doesn't matter if he can be used for meat, whatever, just just because he exists, he has a value. But this kid that was arguing me was, a, was an African-American dude and he was using Darwinism to, to preach to me. When I, I called him, 
was like, well, man, do, do you understand that Darwin was a racist? Like, Darwin believed that you were a step below me because you were closer to the animalistic nature. Your DNA isn't the same as mine because you were a species that hadn't evolved yet. And then he didn't believe me. I looked up the title of the book and showed him where the, the actual, the original title for the origin of species was the preservation of life through favored races. And Darwin actually promoted the fact that American Indians could be cattle because they were savages. They were, they were more animalistic, more primal of sorts than uh, the Caucasian Europeans that came over. But it was just a cultural difference, an exposure to what was actually was. To, to think about it in a realistic example, the natives in America had a lot better system for preserving nature. They, they didn't leave a footprint. They were very, they, they used every part of the animal when they harvested, et cetera, et cetera. The, the, the Europeans brought smallpox and plague and just immediately wiped out all the bison, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, just destroying this nature, but their system was supposedly better. That doesn't make any sense to me to look at it that way. So what you, what you have there at its root is that education is your value. How yeah. smart you are on whatever subject. And Burt Reynolds in Smoking the Bandit said it depends on where you're standing when you say something as to just how dumb you are. And I always, I always appreciate, I always appreciated that, you know, because I'm sure if it was one, if John Smith came by himself, it would have been a different outcome. But because he brought ships full of, oh shit, because he brought ships full of more Europeans who were educated on what they thought was the best way, the best route, and then they justified just countless murder, yeah, just genocide yeah. on a on a what's, vast level. What's weird about you know folks like Darwin and uh, I forget who the uh, the lady was who started the Planned pre- Parenthood. The predecessor. Uh, but, you know, all of these, these ideas of eugenics, like, they tied in with Nazi ideology, mm-hmm. and they tie in currently with Bilderberg Group ideology. Mm-hmm. Where the under the guise of environmentalism, like, they have gone in and said, well, you know, we're going to, like, for... We're overpopulated. Yeah, yeah, we're going to, we're overpopulated, and I think it's Bill Gates said something like, well, if we uh, fix our vaccines, we can... A cure or a help of overpopulations like that kind of sounds like genocide. Bro. Exactly what you guys <laughs> sounds like you're killing people with a vaccine. I don't believe in overpopulation. I believe in mismanagement. Yeah, we're, we're not overpopulated. We're mismanaged. There's, a, there's not an appropriate distribution of wealth. So we're overpopulated for the ruling class because there's too many of us that are not ruling. Exactly. Class. We're overpopulated in an economic stance. But if you think about like I was saying earlier with the pigs being a hardware and a software, uh, human beings things are like as a whole our programming is to consume it, it is to to take to take to take you know uh, we, we've actually reached a point of enlightenment now where we're more conservative minded trying to save our planet trying to to focus on the environment and things like that but essentially if you look at new york city that is a big spot of bacteria on a, on a fruit, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just rotting away, slowly eating away. Uh, a friend of mine made a really good example, or uh, he said the other day that it's, it's, we're not a mold because he appreciates a dry aged steak. And I was like, hmm, I've never thought about that, but you still have to shave that excess. You have to shave what's exposed to it. So overpopulation in the sense of that we, we can't all achieve the same financial prosperity. Right. That makes sense overpopulation as far as what our job is on earth doesn't make sense to me because it seems like the goal would be to be as populated as possible without leaving a footprint you know what i mean to, to be able to fit as many people in here as we can but then also all live the same amount of luxury you know yeah. now, it's impossible like, poverty will always exist we'll, we'll always have she still have that equal classes. opportunity exactly exactly and we should still be allowed to to serve our purpose as far as humanity goes you know 
so as far as the natives go we look at native americans and see that they didn't build cities like we built you know not here anyway they did in other places right. they had the yeah more southern though exactly like like central and south america which is there's interesting theories on that as well oh, yeah, yeah, e- yeah. egypt and atlantis and stuff but uh, as far as the european creature like it's crazy to see that most of the natives here they didn't have the allergies like we had they didn't have no there was this, the diseases that we had you know there was this guy he um i forget his name uh, graham hancock was talking about him uh which uh, graham hancock's like fucking awesome oh yeah um but he talked about there was this uh this guy who maybe it's the 15th or 1600s traveled from europe and uh went through uh, the Amazon. He started at the uh, west end of the Amazon and moved his way towards uh, the Atlantic. Okay. Um, and he came across cities in the jungles of, like, dense, dense cities and wrote about them all in his book and, like, uh, was it the cartography of, like, mm-hmm. you know, how to get to them. So whenever, it was like a hundred years later, these new expeditions got money to go and inspect these cities, they were all gone. And the reason being is because he brought smallpox. Exactly. He he eliminated entire indigenous (laughs) cultures. (laughs) It's crazy to think about. But one one interesting thing as well is like a... uh, you know, I, like, I study a lot of the venomous reptiles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the native, all the pit vipers that are native to America, uh, most indigenous cultures here had natural antibodies for them. If, mm-hmm. they, if they were bitten by a certain species of pit viper, they wouldn't have the same detrimental effects as we did. But uh, as far as our ancestors are from different hemispheres, exactly. But you see, if you drop the Cherokee person in the tundra, <laughs> they're going to get sick and die pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, they're not going to be able to survive on the same diet. They were acclimated to that circumstance. But uh, there's actually a theory right now that I'm I've been studying pretty heavily that sickle cell. Thank you. Ooh, sickle <laughs> cell was actually. A <laughs> but sickle cell was actually an evolutionary trait because a lot of the snakes there, when they when they bite the when they release their venom into you, it actually thins the blood. So rather than coagulating like American pit vipers, it thins the blood. Mm. Native Americans are notorious for free bleeding. Uh, what's, what's the word? Hemophilia. Hemophilia, yeah. Uh, they, their blood doesn't clot appropriately, but American pit vipers, they coagulate the blood. So it would actually be a, a, a positive mutation if you were bitten by an American pit viper, whereas in Africa, if you were bitten by a mamba, that would make you bleed out of every, every orifice of your body. The, the people with sickle cell would have to be more apt to survive. They're, they're inclined more to survive really interesting. because their, their blood thins to an operate, uh, operational level. Yeah, you know? that so makes sense. Okay. It's pretty cool that wherever they were deposited, and some people argue that it was thousands of years of, of mutation, that go, I, there's no positive mutation in, in, the, in the animal kingdom. Uh, for the record, if you want to look that up, uh, they were studying the flies, and they were noticed that some flies were born with curled wings, and they figured out they could take these flies with curled wing, curled curled wings, and breed them with each other, and they would produce more with curled wings, kind of like how we did with the chihuahua. But now, if you take a chihuahua and you drop it off in the wild, it's not going to survive very well. Right. If you take a fly with curled wings, it doesn't fly as good. It'd be like saying that humanity evolved to the point where we had no arms, but we can't be handcuffed. <laughs> you know what I'm it's kind of it's kind of ignorant to that degree. Like yes, we can. There is macro evolution. There is evolution on a macro scale where you can actually see it change within the species. But there's no micro evolution where it actually change genetics to become like the word mammal, mammalia in Latin means having titties. <laughs> That's what it means. Reptiles will never produce titties. They're not going to just grow breasts. Unless to, they're like to, to reptilian overlords. Exactly. Unless like reptile beings made of light, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing is that there's, there's certain natural laws that we have to study and, and respect to that degree, you know? 
But same thing with the samurai. Like they were eliminated as soon as we hit the point of firearms and bombs and yeah. gunpowder, you know what I mean? But for millennia, they survived with a primitive, very, I don't want to say simple, but very bare bones existence. They, they, they weren't greedy. They didn't achieve the same thing. They, they had emperors. They had political structure. They had, yeah, there was hierarchy. They, they had government, you know, yeah. and uh, it, it's interesting to see that. But at the same time, their culture was wiped out by something that some people would argue is less advanced, you see? But at the same time, is it less advanced or is it just a different culture from a different area that came in and happened to take advantage of it? Yeah. Like, like you said with smallpox, you know? Yeah. It's not that smallpox is a, a, a more advanced disease, it's just that there's, there's no exposure to that, you know? Yeah. So their system's not prepared for it. But to look at, to look at the the basics of genetics, uh, we each have, like, like your genetics code everything that's about you. Just like coding with a computer. We have a growth inhibition code. So at a certain point we stop growing. Now that's in, in everyone's coding in their, in their DNA. Uh, if you take a, a female tiger and a male lion and breed them together, you produce a liger. Uh, the thing about the female tiger is it lacks the growth inhibition code. It has no code to make it stop growing. So that's why the ligers are so large? They never stop growing. They oh. grow until they die. So they can literally consume 50, 60 pounds of meat a day because they're a hybrid animal. Now they are sterile. Yeah, uh, hey man, hey, holla, holla, holla. <laughs> Come back for seconds, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when we, we're studying with reptiles right now, most reptiles lack a growth inhibition code. They grow until the day they die. Well, we were touching earlier when I was talking about the iguanas and how they, they look different from a year old to 10 year old. Mm. And if we could imagine one of the thousand, it would be a, a literal dragon, you know? But uh, what we're studying right now with the eastern diamondbacks is that certain uh, let's say like albinism when something's born albino it actually uh, changes its genetic code it's a mutation and it makes it a different animal so most of the albinos that we work with are more docile they're easier to handle easier to move and things like that because uh, our theory on it is that it makes them more susceptible to predators in nature because they're they're super bright easy to see easy to spot they have to be a little bit different than that you know their, their camouflage doesn't work for them yeah um, that makes sense but what we've what we've actually done is by uh, certain species by hybridizing certain species we create entirely new venoms like uh, the copperhead and the cottonmouth they actually uh, successfully hybridize copperheads and cottonmouth they call them cottonheads and it makes a new venom that is universal to both so you can actually use that venom to produce antivenom that works for both species of snakes it's pretty so wild it's pretty interesting so uh, <clears throat> by by pulling every native, every American pit viper by pulling their venoms together, we we created crofab. It's a universal antivenom. So if you get bit by a snake in America, you know how you always hear, if you get bit by a snake, bring it to the hospital, take a picture of it, so we know what it is. It doesn't matter anymore, as long as it's not a, a elapid, which is the only one we have in America is a coral snake. It's like it's a cobra venom. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same the same antivenom all the way around. But uh, when we take certain species like the the eastern diamondback and then the the cane, the cane break is Crotalus adamantius and Crotalus heridius. When you when you cross them together, you create a new species, a new creature, and its DNA is different. Some of them we, we theorize will, will grow forever. Some of them we, we theorize will stop growing at a certain point. Some of them will be naturally more docile. Some of them naturally more aggressive. Some of them will produce more venom yield. But it's essentially the same thing we did with, with dogs and cats and goats and, and, and cows. Exactly. We just isolate this certain gene pool and then produce more of it. And now when, when you look at that happening in... in in captivity, when, when you study with science in captivity, you have to also look at it in nature and see that by hybridizing different cultures, we create this different species with an entirely new genetic code that they react differently. I love that you said selective breeding because that's occurred in history throughout time. You know? yeah. we, we can actually we can measure that with humanity, but at the same time, the the America the American melting pot never existed before. 
not to the degree that it is now. So now we're seeing these new people with free thinkers, free thinkers, these crazy people that are capable of just running and doing all these athletic performances and stunts and things that were never possible years past, you know? And then at the same time, we have the exact opposite. We have these gene pools that have created where people don't leave the house all day. <laughs> they couldn't run to the car if they wanted to. Right. Uh, we have people that are growing to be taller than what we have on record, and we have people that are smaller than we've ever had on record. And we can actually look at genetics and see that it's from the, the mixture of all these different genetics. And uh, what's, what's crazy about it is that for, for millennia, it was always stay with your kind, you know, yeah. only breed with your kind, whatever. But now that we've hit this point of enlightenment and... and uh, in the postmodern world, as we'll call it, they, we, we have this point now where we have new beings being created, things that are way different than, we're not Caucasian anymore. We, we have very little to relate to with our, our European, from the our, our European ancestors, yeah. exactly. And uh, I, I believe the same thing with the African-Americans. An African-American is way different than an actual African. They, they, the gene pool has been manipulated so much to the degree that we have an entirely new cultures coming up that are capable of things that have never been measured in history. We have people that are think different than anyone that's ever existed in history. And uh, it's interesting to see the, the implications of that on such a vast level, you know? To, to watch us rise in, in not just politics or to be a world superpower or anything, but to, to see that there are 16-year-old kids now that are graduating college with, with insane amounts of degrees. we got savants that can just do incredible stuff, but then at the, <laughs> at the same time, they can't tie their shoes. Like, it, it's, it's interesting to see the, the implications of genetics on that vast of a scale. I've, uh, I, th- I, think it, I think you're correct in that and for you know, a couple of different reasons, but um, I've... I think it's refreshing to see like so many people like I've got I've got uh, friends of mine that are like like Generation Z so mm-hmm. they're like 20 19 years oh, old yeah, for sure. and what they're doing hang, hanging out with my uh, vagabond ass I don't know but Katie's looking married to me <laughs> uh, we don't relate she asked me that, she's like why are your friends so weird although we grew up on Jackass and Marilyn Manson and uh, Rob Zombie movies and she's like what are any of those things I was just like oh my god so I showed her all the Jackass stuff she's like okay I understand you a lot better now and, like, yeah. and then I showed her like House of a Thousand Corpses The Devil's Reject she's like no wonder you're so dark I was like yeah I was fucking 12 <laughs> you know what I mean like, I was raised Eagle's really cool I was raised on this shit you know <laughs> but, but I'll see. Um, am I the old guy here? Hmm? Am I the old guy here? I don't think so. How old are you? 34. 35. Okay. Oh, shit. I'm the old guy. Okay. So we're all kind of just. 29, baby. Yeah. Don't no. worry. It gets worse. I'm the, only 90, <laughs> yeah. I'm the only 90s baby in the building. Sure. I'm fine with it. But you're also more of a, an adult by standard. Because you have kids. Yeah, you've got four times the amount of children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've got four times the amount of grades y'all got too, brother. <laughs> but I see, um, I, I see a lot of these uh, these younger cats. They're um, like they're hip to like psychedelics and like conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and all this stuff. They're a lot more uh, attentive to it. Yeah, they, they just receive a yeah. lot easier. You know. Well, there was uh, this was a few years ago. Uh, there was a buddy of mine that. Uh, and uh, he, he and I had, you know, we were um, just getting to learn each other and whatnot. And uh, he had showed me a, uh, a picture of blotter paper. Now, blotter paper is one of these things. It's a very esoteric reference. So, like... That's like drug stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, blotter paper, for those who don't know, um, is a, a, a perforated, I think that's the word, mm-hmm. uh, paper where little tearaway squares of an image and you can drop lysergic acid onto it. So, he had showed me 
some it's like an Alex Gray blotter paper. Okay. But with the tool album covers and shit. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. So I just I'm pretty sure that was Alex Gray that did all the tool mm-hmm. album covers. So I look at him like, do you uh we'll, we'll call him Smitty. So I was like uh <laughs> Oh do you, Smitty. Oh, do you do you do you take psychedelics, Smitty? Right? And he's like eighteen at the time, he's like I mean sometimes <laughs> When my mom's not home. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, I was uh, I was going on vacation uh, that like next coming week. Mm-hmm. I was like I was like, would you and uh, your fiance uh, come to the the house while I'm on vacation? And, right. Uh, Partake. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we uh, you know had some <laughs> together, and it's I find that you can bond with people a lot more over uh, psychedelics. As a drug than something like alcohol. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like I, for sure. I really have no interest in like going out to bars and like and what like bonding over liquid drugs. Mm. I mean, I bond over conversation. The, yeah. alcohol, the alcohol may be present, but if if it's not a, if I can't take anything from it, then now I'm just drinking. Yeah, alcohol is just mm. going to make me stupid and horny. Those are not really <laughs> either endearing qualities. And to, sometimes it's gonna it's gonna definitely. Uh, Lower my ability to handle the bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah, I will be like, "Hey, you're dumb." <laughs> I wish you'd stop talking right now. I'm gonna let try me some of this alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're coming off as stupid. Because <laughs> well, it's a, uh, I mean, it's a good drug. It's a dangerous drug, man. For sure. Like, more people die from it than anything else. Five percent. Five percent. Well, we got about two plus hours on here. Oh shoot, the computer went off too. Oh, man. Now she's still going. We're, we're live. It's our first time. We're still live. <laughs> and this bad boy is charging now. I'm sorry, sorry for the palm tats there on the screen. Well, I'm positive though, I can actually move my head now. Yay! I need to just get some of this bullshit but out of my system. Don't trust that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, as far as the new generation comes, uh, I feel like they they are more receptive to certain things, but they're also that they require foundation because they they were raised in a generation by people that are like, hey, most of what you're hearing is bullshit. Sift through. Well, we had we had analog childhoods Mm -hmm. and digital adulthoods, Mm -hmm. so like within this small little sliver of uh, transition. Yeah, there's there's a generation uh, with overlap of different generations. Mm that knows what it's like. So well, I find our generation to be incredibly unique in that mm-hmm. we will likely be the last ones for a while that have an analog childhood. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Also, if you look at it to the extent like, my mother was a librarian, your mother was an art teacher. When we were 10, 12 years old, in order for us to learn something, we had to go to a place. Yeah. We had to go and get a book and read this book and we just had to trust that that's what happened. There, there was no, what's the word I'm looking for? Comprehensive collective thought you know there, there was no 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 media for us to discuss everything was i can get on reddit right now and discuss whatever i want to talk right. about and get millions of opinions you know and i think that's an interesting thing to see so this generation coming up they not only it wasn't so much as faith-based it was more of they could actually experience they could they, tangible if, if they didn't believe in something someone was telling them they could go on the internet and find someone that could back them up you know what i mean so it's interesting to see that 
they lived in a generation to where if they didn't want to believe it, they didn't have to, whether it was true or not. Right. And that, that's kind of the hard part. So they, they grew up on Miley Cyrus, fucking Hannah Montana, and then they watched her while out, you know what I mean? And to them, she's still Hannah Montana. So they have a lot more grace involved. So they're like, okay, well, she's still the girl that likes no, no slut shaming, you know what I mean? Whatever, yeah. whatever, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, we had the exact opposite where it was like, okay, well, like, even way back when with Johnny Cash. He was like, all right, well, he's in jail in Mexico. He's a fucking degenerate. You know what I mean? Like, God forgive he did all his gospel albums like we're talking with Kanye. Like, yeah. he's a Christian. Now he's not a Christian. Now he's a Christian again. It's, it's interesting that they, they were raised in the exposure of all that. They, they saw all that to a level that we never experienced, you know? Yeah. We just heard rumors or whatever was on TMZ by the time we made it to yeah, like teenage the, adulthood, you know? Like uh, stuff with like, a, like the moon landing mm-hmm. uh, uh, controversy, hoaxes, whatever you believe. Um, like whenever I was younger that was like just wildly offensive to people to yeah. be like like no nah, man I don't believe the moon landing because where did you get this information exactly and exactly. it's always like it's like they found well, can some, you cite your sources yeah it's like some esoteric book that they found in like a library in exactly like Norton Virginia <laughs> in 1981 exactly. or something you have to think about all the libraries that were burnt a thousand years before yeah, we like, were able yeah, to even read exactly like we, an amazing amount of, of knowledge that it's forgotten now that we'll never get to experience well, they, or just like with the Roman Catholic Church they have so many books in their library yeah their archives you can't even get to unless you're a certain level of priesthood you know what I mean so, a certain level of pedophile exactly if you don't buy if you don't buy into <laughs> our club and stick with our club for long enough you'll never know this knowledge it's like what it doesn't make any sense to me yeah it's it's pretty uh I don't know. There is this. Um, it's industrialized, is what it there, is. Uh, industrialized religion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not, not just religion, education as well. Because you think like, uh, oh, it's all connected. Socrates. Socrates wasn't like, yo, cash at me fifteen dollars and I'll give you my fucking secrets. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just his philosophy, and yeah. he shared it, and he went everywhere. And he you paid, know? paid the price for and it. He paid for the hemlock. Yeah, exactly. Um, they f- nightshade. They. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's an Aesop rock quote again <laughs> like, antlers rise from my migraine Ugh. but the um, touched on earlier the group uh, the Jesuits a mm-hmm. political group in the Vatican um, so the Jesuits were started um, it was a council of Trent or before the council of Trent they say the Rosa Cruz Christians are tied in with the Jesuit priesthood I, I don't doubt it mm-hmm. um, so the Jesuits started as an answer to Protestant Reformation. In mm-hmm. particular, um, Gutenberg had now invented the printing press. Mm-hmm. So before this, if you wanted a book, in particular the Bible, you had to be rich to be able to afford somebody to copy a mm-hmm. book for you, or you had to go to the church and you could get a priest to read. To dictate it. Yeah, and yeah. You could, to tell you, you what it down. says. Book of Eli style. So what the... Um, what the printing press gave was the ability for not only for it to be made quickly, but they were just handing out Bibles, and kids were learning how to they read. They still do it. Oh, yeah, they still do. Give them a little red book. And so the Jesuit order started... Or you get little started, missionaries that come in here and just drop off. I fuck with missionary. <laughs> missionaries and communists, they always want to give you a pamphlet for oh, you yeah. to read. Here, you've been wrong about certain mm-hmm. stuff. We can just tell you what to, how to improve it. Oh, they yeah. don't call it the missionary position for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting fucked. There you, know? you go. <laughs> but the, uh, the Jesuit order, uh, the brother... Am I allowed to cuss? Was I supposed to be cussing? 
don't know. We've been doing it this whole time. We, we can always censor retroactively. I've been cussing. Okay. <laughs> Permission to swear? <laughs> Permission to <laughs> <directed. laughs> Thanks, Tom. Um, they were started as an anti-literacy group. So they were... Okay. They started with the sole purpose of defeating liberalism. Okay. Because liberally teaching everybody that's not in the know how to read, and they worried that it would spread from there. Detrimental to their hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is how it started. Um, and, like, they, the Jesuit creed is, like, it's pretty, pretty it's violent. It's, it's pretty violent. Yeah. It talks about that they'll... Barbaric. Yeah, they'll flay, they'll torture, they'll stab, burn, poison, and anyone, like... Women, children, men, doesn't matter. If the importance to them is not about, it's not about anything divine. So it's not about God. It's not about the Christ or anything that uh, the Christ represents within organized religion. It's solely about the hierarchy of the group itself. The term Illuminati comes from an Illuminati council the Jesuits were part of in 1776 Mm -hmm. of all years. Crazy. So, um... And it's, it's not just limited to Rome, um, though Abraham Lincoln and uh, William Morse, he's a guy who invented Morse code, mm-hmm. they had correspondence with each other during the 1860s before Lincoln was murdered about terror plots from Rome, mm-hmm. i.e. the Vatican. Yeah. Um, so after, to rewind, after um, the Illuminati Council and all of that, um, there was in the Arabian Peninsula, there was... Uh, like pretty much civil unrest mm-hmm. in that whole peninsula during the uh, 1700s. Anarchy! And, I don't um, know what it is, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this, um, there was this uh, group of ideologues uh, called the Wahhabis. Um, oh, fuck, I forget his name. It's like Aben Eaton Mana. It's like got two Y's. Aben Eaton Mana? Aben Eaton Mana. I'm eating bread from heaven. But um, what they believed was that religion had to have a supreme ruler. So the Jesuits believed this as well, and that the Pope and the Black Pope, Mm -hmm. who is the Shadow Pope, they are the rulers of the world and the hierophants that receive orders Mm -hmm. from the divine. Directly from the source. Correctly. The horse's mouth. So the Wahhabis and Wahhabism, what they taught was that the same principle that Everything else, even interpretation of the Quran, mm-hmm. uh, Allah Himself, mm-hmm. and uh, temples, all these things that show the beauty of God are an abomination to the mm-hmm. order. So, Wahhabi. That's actually based in King James as well. The, the Jews believe that you're not supposed to try to make art about the Trinity or about yeah. the Father or the Son. Yeah, that's that's that. why fundamentalist mm-hmm. Muslims have a problem with the image or depiction exactly. of Muhammad. Exactly, except with the cartoons and all that stuff, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. terrorist attacks, etc. So, um, during this wartime, the Wahhabis found, uh, they found friendship in an alliance with the Saudis. The Saudis who control... Arabia today, the same country wherein these poisonous religious ideologies, wherein if you don't follow in the hierarchy of the, their belief, you're an infidel and you're allowed to be killed. Mm-hmm. So they have Quranic abrogation, or um, let me see if I can say this right. Uh, 
Al Nasik Wal Masuk or Al Nasir Wal Masuk. It means the uh, abrogated and the abrogator. So it pretty much means it's uh, it's their revelation. It's how the mm-hmm. story ends. Whereas with Christianity, it ends with you know the world ends, but there is redemption. Millennial reign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with this is that the end will not come from heaven it will come from you and the time is for holy war and fire yeah so what the wahhabis and the saudis believed in and made an alliance of it's still that dominant culture today in that country so that's where you see homosexuals being murdered by thrown Mm -hmm. off roofs where women are their testimony is worth less than a man's Mm -hmm. where so like the the idea of like the true patriarchy it's like i agree you should end the patriarchy it's over in that part of the exactly. world. The caliphate. Yeah. Um, and it's spread into uh, Daesh as well. Daesh is mm-hmm. where the caliph, mm-hmm. his school of thought. So it's the same school of thought that's in northern Africa that's in the slave trade. Mm-hmm. So it's. I think it's important to for us to like talk about these distinctions because whenever we just use the like a single brush, not to use the same metaphor, but to talk about like some like fundamental Islam, it's like, well... Arguably, the same way I would argue that fundamental, violent uh, Christian mob, they're not Christians, I would would argue the same with Wahhabis, that that it's nothing divine with what they do. Mm -hmm. It's a power structure. Exactly. I agree entirely. And uh, I believe that also extends to the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, The the Crusades were a response to the Barbary pirates that were attacking at the time, but at the same time, none of it was justified. Yeah. And what's interesting is in the Ten Commandments, everyone always said, thou shalt not kill, you know, but the original was thou shalt not murder. Murder is the premeditated, unjustified killing of a human being. So they were able to kind of bypass that by saying, well, it's justified. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's justified because they broke this law, you know? Christ is pretty specific. <laughs> Don't be killing people. <laughs> it doesn't bad, make any bad sense. News. Exactly. But as far as the Quran goes, like it's interesting that they have at the same time that they're stoning homosexuals, they have marriage rights for prepubescent females. Yeah. It's like you can marry a girl at ten years old before a period as long as you follow these rules, you know what I mean? Like what? That makes no sense. That, yeah. But that's how like you said painting with one brush, that's where morality is cultural. Because to see like okay, so just because you're allowing marriage or that doesn't mean you get to home, kill homosexuals. Or just because you kill homosexuals doesn't mean we're going to kill you for prepubescent marriage. You know what I mean? Right. So it's interesting to see that. But Jesus was mentioned more times in the Quran than Muhammad. Yeah, sure yeah, was. It's, it's very interesting. Not, not a lot of people that know that. Not, not, people, not many people have read the Quran. Yeah. But um, uh, it's interesting to, to see the correlation between the two. And then also, if you even fast forward to Mormonism and <laughs> the modern reinterpretations of things, as we'll say, it's interesting to see how similar they are in their bare roots like just the, the basic primal version of these things but it, it's it's hard for us because we're taking it all out of context we, we exist in a postmodern society yeah. I keep saying postmodern because I believe we are we are past the modern element and going all in, in the futuristic now as far as the way we live you know but um it's interesting to think that well, we see it this way but then if you go back 2,000 years ago will we feel the same like if we were raised in Saudi Arabia and the year 225 BC, like how would we feel about morality? You know, it's entirely contextual in what, what you go through yourself, it's circumstantial, you know? Right. So as far as us being Southern, uh, I was raised that cussing was bad. You know what I mean? But in scripture, when it says to abstain from profane language, profane meant common. It meant don't talk about common shit. Yeah. The, the small talk, keep yourself elevated to a certain well, level. Well, there's, there used to be anyway, differences between obscenities, profanities, mm-hmm. exactly. and just... Exactly. 
we touched on this one day in, on a Facebook status because I posted the fornication under consent of the king. Yeah. And you said it actually was where they were prod and put with a stick. Yeah, yeah. The word, the word fuck initially meant uh, to prod or goad with a stick. But uh, as far as a euphemism, like it, it, it didn't just... Because you can see where a euphemism prod with a stick mm-hmm. exactly know, would mean that. But what it... He's initially- talking about fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about getting it in. <laughs> getting some stank on the hang down. What it uh, what it initially uh, meant, and why it was why it was obscene and dirty, was because it was about a person of the cloth revoking their celibate exactly. vow to fornicate with other members exactly. of the cloth. And another interesting touch on that is uh, using the Lord's name in vain. You know that actually means do not use my name out of your vanity. Yeah, so that's what vain is to your own vanity. And what's funny is we, throughout history, you can see people using the name of God to justify their evil. But don't say God damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, how? How? That doesn't make any sense that you're sitting there telling me. That. I, I would always ask people. I'd be like, okay, so is it offensive if I say, God damn it, that was a great sermon about exactly. Jesus today? Exactly. Wouldn't you agree? Well, is, I, is that offensive? I had a huge discussion with the preacher. Uh, the one about Austin that I, I told that for a while? Oh, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember yeah, I, that went down. Yeah, I actually preached the congregation three times there. Uh, did all kind of stuff on uh, the apocalypse and what was coming and uh, historical stuff. I, I did a flat earth type thing, creationism type sermon once. And uh, it was actually really awesome. We started a Tuesday night class just so I could teach people that I knew. And then I got to preach to the congregation three separate times. But the elders of the church didn't like what I was saying. So they actually voted me out politically. I'm like, well, we don't really want you talking about stuff like this anymore. And I'm like, but it's in the scripture. Like, yeah, but no, thank you. You know, well, the, uh, his brother, (laughs) you know, Tyler, don't you? Mm -hmm. His brother was, uh, at church one day and it was a Tuesday night class and we're doing everything. And he just said, fuck real loud because it's just what we do. You know what I mean? It's it's not odd to us. Doesn't make us feel worse. All the people in the church was like, oh, you know, and Tim actually had to have a sermon to his congregation about, hey, we don't judge for stuff like that. Like we want people to feel comfortable here more or less. But it, it took an hour long discussion of me and him to even come to that conclusion because I was trying to explain to him that I can hurt your feelings without cussing. Oh yeah, I can say some vile shit without ever <laughs> uttering an obscenity. I can hurt your feelings. In fact, I would argue that usually, for me, like if somebody curses at me, like they say, like "f you" to me, mm-hmm. I get offended not at the curse word but at the, the elementary insult. It's like exactly. that's all that's you, the got? Best you got. Dude, you like, can tell me to go fuck myself. Yeah, exactly. Yay! I'm wow. Bravo. See, Bravo. That's, that's actually that's actually a natural defense system of mine. Is if I feel like I'm in a, a situation where I'm threatened or someone's insulting or something else like mm-hmm. that, I don't cuss out of principle. Yeah, exactly. I just as articulate and as educated as I can tear them the fuck down. I try know? to maintain calmness exactly. the whole time. I cuss out of happiness. I cuss out of experience emphasis you know that's just fucking dope <laughs> that's me I, I'm, I'm not a fuck you go fuck yourself no i mean i, I will say that oh yeah i say it as jokes yeah. i tell bobby go fuck yourself three times a day you know oh, what yeah. I mean? but you're I, you're worthless you're not good at job go fuck yourself i'll say you're worthless i never said that no no <laughs> never never what a, you hurt my feelings now <laughs> texas <laughs> texas <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is i feel like the the people that that I give the most shit, like my friends, we don't get butt hurt about stuff like you that. You should get butt hurt about it. But we would get butt hurt about someone saying something that wasn't true. Yeah. We would get butt hurt about someone starting a rumor or saying something that was 
even if it was true, if it was harmful, you know what I mean, to talk about someone's deceased relative or something else like that, that, that would be crossing the line to us. But now you can tell us, fuck you all day long. It won't even hurt our feelings, you know, with thick skin. But you can invert that to where the, the pastor can sit down and tell you that you're a piece of shit and your life's in shambles because you're living in sin, son, and somehow that's not offensive? That's not yeah. insulting, you know what I mean? That, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> It was once when I looked over there and we made eye contact and that's when he stopped. <laughs> he's, like, he's just doing this right here. <laughs> and then we made eye contact. He, like, did, he did Kanye on me. He goes, <laughs> it's an African gray parrot, not a human being. <laughs> just want to just clarify for the camera. <laughs> just some dude in there whistling. <laughs> what the fuck's Charlie doing? He's talking shit. Charlie. What's up, man? You want to go? I can whistle now. No, I can't. You want to be part of the show? But I think that boils down once again to culture, man. Like, if I was to wind up stranded on some island somewhere that we, I'll even go so far as to say something no one's ever discovered. I'm not going to speak the language. I'm not going to understand their dress code. I'm not going to understand their diet. Any of those things. But none of those things make me better than them or make them better than me. Right. It's just a difference between us, you know? And I think that's the main problem with American Christianity is they miss that in the book. They miss that we're all the same creature. Like we're, we're all, we all have our tendencies one way or another. And whereas our culture might frown on someone sagging their pants. That culture would frown on someone wearing them around their fucking waist. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Neither one of those are deserve hellfire or the death penalty. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of it goes back to the tribalistic mm-hmm. uh, For sure. notions where it's like, well, this is different and I can't control it, so... I don't like it. Yeah. The guy with the tattoos is scary, so he's going to burn in hell forever and ever. But then at the same time... If they wound up in a tribe in Africa that's covered in tribal tattoos, they're gonna be like, "Oh shit, let's kill the white man, yeah. <laughs> kill this bearskin fucker over here," you know? He is not a warrior. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let, let us feast upon his flesh. Mm-hmm. He looks delicious. But culture is such a such a protected thing, though. Like if you think about it, like people get pissed because a white girl's got cornrows. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why? Well, How does that make sense? What, I, I what think, do we own? I think like, people want just a reason to be offended and a reason for them to virtue signal their bullshit. Yeah. You know? I think people just want to own something because <laughs> we live in a generation where we don't really own anything. No, like, like it's most all been done before. And, and most yeah. of the people that I know, they, like, like, these tattoos are the only thing I'll have forever. Like these little things going in the trash. These jeans are gonna go in the yard sale of the trash. You know, uh, this T-shirt won't. I won't have it forever. The, the car, the thirty thousand dollar vehicle that you buy, you'll have for ten years, maybe. That's, that's being generous. You know what I mean? Most people are gonna swap out sooner than that. So we are infatuated with things that can't leave us. Things that, things that we can. You know, it's a weird hill to die on. Is, is, is the, the way that I look at it. Like we, we all want a hill to die on. Yeah. We all want something to, to stand up for. Just like I'm defending cultural differences, some people are defending their own cultures. You know, so it's interesting to see just how. How stubborn we are as a species, as to differences, you know. I, th- I think it's encouraged a lot in the modern landscape as well, for because in part due to this whole divisive notion where it's like, well, hey, we saw that you don't like this, you should be a part of our team. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, what does that entail? Because I mean, personally speaking, like I I don't litter. When I do have a cigarette, my butt goes in my back pocket to be mm-hmm. dealt with later. I do the same thing. Um, 
yet, if you're to ask me, like, hey, are you going to, like, climate strike? Are you going to yeah. come and join us? we got some signs. We're going to go downtown. Um, if you're that concerned with CO2, why don't you, instead of blocking traffic and holding up signs, go plant a goddamn tree. And plant some trees. Quit fucking ruining the day for other people. There's people that can't well, even get to hospitals. Sell yeah. your fucking car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you you gonna preach at me about global warming, but you're driving a vehicle. How does that make sense? Yeah. You are just cranking out carbon dioxide in the environment. Or if yeah. they're they don't have a job, it's like, well what are you striking from? Exactly. Exactly. It makes no sense. It's like I respect this man to death. To death. We were talking about our our brethren in Valdosta that follow the vegan faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I super respect this dude because he's straight edge to death. Never tasted alcohol, cigarette, nothing like that. Never had a buzz of any sort. And yet, he doesn't give a fuck about what I do. Yeah. He never preaches at me. He doesn't tell me it's the way. It's I mean, his way. It's his way. And I, I joke with him a lot about, like, I'll hit him a cigarette about here, man. You need this. You know? <laughs> but I don't actually want him to do anything. I, actually, I wouldn't want him to. If I was there, I'd try to do whatever I could to stop it. Now, if it was something that he felt like he was ready for and necessary or whatever, I, I would support his decision either way. But I don't feel like it's anybody's place to change anyone. You know? yeah. the, the only uh, thing I've ever... What would you? How would you say it? The only thing I've ever, uh, not necessarily championed, condoned, I no. guess, for uh, straight edge people to try would be magic mushrooms, just because it's it's not a drug, it's not a vice, it's something divine in nature mm-hmm. that is here for us. Right. Um, other than that, there's no reason for you to try alcohol, man. It sucks. No. Right. It's like nicotine <laughs> sucks. Mm-hmm. Caffeine, it's fantastic, mm-hmm. but you know. Right. I mean, on that aspect, I've done caffeine, of course. Like, yeah. who hasn't? It's impossible not to. Yeah, especially in America. America. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, now I'm six months caffeine-free. How do you feel now, six months in? Oh, way better. I've lost uh, close to 20 pounds from not, like, having a constant, like, soda or anything with caffeine in my system. I had a monster earlier. I, uh, I only have uh, black coffee during the week, but then on the weekend, no, I'll have sugary beverages on the weekend. I mostly yeah. drink water and wine. That's just about the extent of what I do. Yeah, do you convert it mm-hmm. a la Jesus style beforehand? <laughs> I tried once to turn to whiskey, so <laughs> decided not to do it. But no, every morning I'll get me a little Sprite with a little touch of orange soda in it at the fountain, and then I drink water the rest of the day. Uh, today, uh, I was tired. I stayed up till like 3 or 4 o'clock playing the new Call of Duty game. So when I woke up and had a tattoo, I was like, shit, I better get me a monster, you know? But I feel like... That's more how I operate. If but I still, I just realized like your little mixture is still a straight edge concoction. Yeah. So because it's my little orange, weird orange yeah. part. But uh, that's what's odd about them. That thing died. Oh, it just died. Yeah. Poop. Well, uh, but that's that's my thing is like with cigarettes. If I'm smoking packs of cigarettes and I feel like my breathing is short, my respiratory system is short, I fast. I take a break from it. <laughs> I won't eat for three days sometimes because I feel like I'm carrying excess and I let my system reset itself. But we just exist in a period where basically our food is very nutrient lacking but calorie dense. Whereas in nature it's very nutrient dense and calorie lacking. Yeah. So we, we desire salts and fats and sugars because naturally we need them to survive. However, in America we, we're not starving. We're not. We're, there's no, no, even, even the poor can be obese. In exactly. America. There's there's no famine here. So we just have people that live their whole life consuming salt, fat, and sugar filled foods, and then never taking a break from it ever, ever. And right. if you look at it, most diseases are caused from excess: diabetes, too much sugar, heart disease, too much fat. So it's it's not from exposure to 
each one at a period is prolonged exposure and excess. So and just constant. Exactly. Things in moderation aren't a problem at all. Like you, like you were saying with caffeine. Like a, to me, caffeine is something that can be enjoyed and thoroughly enjoyed, but it's not something that you want to do all the time. Oh no. You know what I mean? And uh, I feel the same way about all drugs. Like uh, I feel like every one of them has their purpose because uh, let's look at the addict mentality. Uh, if you take a man with a happy home and his bills are paid and uh, his finances are in order and his his children are healthy and his wife is healthy and he breaks his leg or gets in a car wreck and he has to go to the hospital and they put him on all these opiates and all these pain relievers and everything else he's normally dying while he's there he, he doesn't like the way he feels he just wants to be home in his bed he just wants right. to be there with his family you know so as soon as he gets out he has normally they don't wind up strung out you know, they, they don't continue that process. They have the exposure to cocaine and opium for a moment in, in concentrations to, to benefit them medicinally. But then once they come back out, they wind up cleaning up and doing straight. Now you take someone the opposite, someone who has nothing and no one, nowhere to stay, nowhere to rest their head, anything else like that. Something bad happens to them. Now they're put on the opiates or the morphine or whatever, and it helps. Well, now they got a TV. They got nurses coming in, social interaction. They have someone feeding them, someone taking care of them. They have a buzz so that they feel better. And then they throw them out in the street to go back to nothing. But what can they replace? They can't replace the social interaction. Right. They can't replace someone feeding them and taking care of them and putting a roof over their head. They can replace the opiates. They can replace that easily. Yeah. So they normally wind up bonding with that and then continuing on in, in that nature, you know? Um, there's a very interesting test done with rats in that way, where uh, they, they would take a, a single rats and put them in a, a cage and they would dilute cocaine in one water bottle. I read about that study, And, and yeah. then water in another one, and the, the rats would come up and they would, they, would, they would do the cocaine and then they would continue to the cocaine until they died. Well, uh, that, that was kind of how they based the classifications of drugs in America. Like, it was based off of these experiments. Well, then uh, years later, and we've actually recreated the test ourselves, me and a couple guys that I work with, if you take them and put them in a community, and you have 12 rats in a cage, and you dilute cocaine and give them cocaine water and regular water, they'll try the cocaine, party it up for a minute, and then they go back to water. And the other rats will actually keep them from getting strung out. They won't let them, but they're, they're happier because they have this bond, this social bond, you know? Humans as a species, we're very gregorial. We're, we're communal, you know? We, we have to have social interaction. We have to have some sort of someone to bond to, something to bond to. So when you look at the, the nature of an addict, uh, it's very rarely the, the drugs aren't the problem. It's the cage that they're in, yeah. the environment that they exist in. And I, I take that one step further, and like, uh, obviously with my animal studies and everything, I know that I can't take that parrot and put him in a fish tank and feed him fish food. He'll die. It's true. That's quite obvious, right? So now when we look at humanity as a, a species, yes, we're a species, but we also have subspecies, which is odd to think about. Right. Like, we definitely have species and then subspecies. There are dogs, and then there are classifications of canines. You have coyotes and wolves and foxes. You can't take care of a fox the same way you take care of a wolf. Foxes live underground. They're communal. They like to have in groups. Wolves run in packs. They operate that way. Chihuahuas don't like packs. They get nervous. If you take a farm dog and put him in an apartment, he'll get depressed and anxiety. Depression and anxiety are present in the animal kingdom. You can see it, but it's only when the environment isn't appropriate for the animal. So it's odd to think that we are an animal. And we are our zookeeper. We're, our, our husbandry is what we call it in the, in the industry. Uh, your husbandry for your animals, how well your animal is taken care of, how appropriate of an environment you provide. But we tend to kind of ignore the fact that we need the same thing. So a lot of us don't realize we're building cages. This, this room that we're in is my cage. I'm in here eight, nine hours a day. Yeah. Like, obviously, I wouldn't like it if it wasn't set up the way that I like it. It's back. But, uh, <laughs> but obviously, I wouldn't like it if it was set up the way that Kevin likes it, you know what I mean? Right. Or the way Bobby likes it. Uh, 
Bobby didn't build his mobile shindig there for me. I'm way too big. <laughs> I'll bump my head. I'll, I won't have room. I'll be frustrated very, qu- very quickly. Their head and almost knock themselves out in my van. But uh, I look at my fiance in the same way. She uh, she eats like a bird. She eats seeds and vegetables and produce, and she still eats meat. She still uh, does things like eats pretty much whatever she wants. She, she's eight Reese's cups a night. I'm not even lying to you. Like every night, I buy two king size packs oh, of Reese's, and she eats all, all bad, eight. Yeah. Of them. She weighs 100 pounds. Like it's insane. But uh, if I if she tried to keep up with me and eat what I eat and drink what I drink and move at the pace that I move and expose herself to the elements the way that I expose, I'll do 10 mile hikes looking for a snake. You know what I mean? It doesn't bother me none. She would be exhausted and it would, it would be detrimental to her existence. However, if I did what she did, I would grow restless very fucking quick. Like I, I would, I'd be tired of seeds and salads and sitting still. You know right. what I mean? I would go insane. So it's interesting to see that a lot of our mental illnesses or stuff is just inadequate husbandry to ourselves. Like, are you actually depressed or are you just on cocaine and drink alcohol every night? You know what I mean? Do you need? If you're, if you're on coke and drinking every night, you may want to think about exactly some exactly. habitual changes. Have you had a glass of water this year? <laughs> okay, well that's, that's probably why your heart rate's high. <laughs> it's when you get headaches. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, I'm actually depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting for me to see that we take a Great Dane and we put him in an apartment, and then he gets separation anxiety when the owner's at work, and they take the Great Dane to the vet, and the vet prescribes him Xanax, and they give this Great Dane Xanax, and he's just drugged up to the point that he can he can tolerate being in an apartment. All day being lazy, and now we're like, oh, he's better. So that doesn't make any sense. Either. He's better for you. Exactly. <laughs> they put my mom on anti-anxiety and de- anti-depression medic- medication a month after my dad died. So is she depressed, or did her husband just die? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, why would you use pharmaceuticals instead of mourning? Like, of course you're feeling experience. I think we're, we, as a generation, are so afraid to feel and so afraid to accept accountability for ourselves that we wind up just. It's, it's easier to be like, well, I'm just depressed. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're not depressed. You're not taking care of yourself. You're mourning. Exactly. Or, or like in the sense of, well, I'm just depressed. Why? Well, I just I go to college all day long and then I get off and I go to work. I sleep like three hours a night. I'm surviving off ramen. It's like, well, I'd be depressed too if that was all I was taking in. You know what I mean? Like. A, a, of course, but and then also to look at it as like our friends that we keep discussing about also uh, the we need a good word for the vegan religion the people that follow the vegans vegan we get we can we can talk with them as Vegemites. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which which of these terms is least offensive and most offensive? I don't to want to you. assume your gender, the herbivores, but we'll say herbivores. Uh, but all my herbivore friends that I have, uh, they think that somehow that lifestyle or that religion would be suitable for me when I don't say hey you should eat steak every day right because I know they're a different creature like of course there's going to be sheep there's going to be wolves you know what I mean like, I don't expect the wolf to survive off sheep food and I don't expect the sheep to go out and kill a man like it, it makes sense to me but as far as a naturalistic standpoint everything has its place like the snakes have a duty the birds have a duty the, the squirrels every, everything has its purpose and to think that conforming yourself to be a creature that you're not will somehow reap better benefits it doesn't make any sense no. it's a fallacy I'm all for trying new things and seeing if it works for you, you know, like, if, if you feel like vegan is the way to go then go vegan and see how it goes if you're if, you, if you're less depressed stick with it Yeah, run it you know some what I mean? people do the carnivore mm-hmm. diet exactly you know? I, that's more what I do <laughs> you saw me eat the bottom of my tacos earlier <laughs> I don't need the rabbit food man that's what my food eats you know but, but my thing is like too. I, I've experienced the vegan diet. I fasted for 30 days. Uh, I, I've, I know what it's like to, to go without, and I'm not as happy without it, without having it. You know, right. I'm happier when I can just 
Baskin squalor, I guess, would be the, <laughs> the best way, you know, uh, as far as like what Bobby with his, with, uh, his straight edge lifestyle. I don't expect that to work for me. You know what I mean? I, I, I've given it a try. I've been completely sober for a long time. I quit smoking, I quit cigarettes for months at a time. And every single time, I, I don't feel like I'm achieving as much as I could, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, don't totally. feel, I don't feel like I, I'm as open to social experiences. I feel like I would have to shut down most of my relationships and social interactions, most of my fun experiences, and just sit at home and be sober. And to me, that doesn't really suit me. You know what I mean? Now, I'm all for it. If that's what my my little brother plays video games 24/7, exists off of like Mountain Dew and Cheetos, like pretty much what he does, and he loves it, and wouldn't want anything different. But if my dad was still alive right now, he'd be making him get up and go and work and go do chores and do this and that and everything, and that would be detrimental to his existence. You know what I mean? He he wouldn't like it as much. Uh, as far as I go, I can't sit still. I, I don't like sitting still. I'm a very high-strung person. Like I like to get up and be moving and doing things. Um, my son Mac is very much the opposite. He likes to play video games and watch YouTube and do a straight A student. Yes sir, no sir. He didn't want to play football. Uh, we, we did Boy Scouts and he asked me if we could just go camping by ourselves because it was kind of kind of boring with all the people and everything. I was like, yeah man, I, I'd be on board. With yeah you, man, definitely. Right. We can. I'll teach you how to tie a knot. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But. Uh, my, my buddy was like, you need to beat his ass, put him in sports. So then I need to beat your ass to tell me how to raise my kid. Like, like he's a straight A student. What's your kid got? Now he got every award last, at the last award ceremony. He's a little bit chubby, so now he's not good enough. That doesn't make any sense, you know? But I don't care if he's chubby for the rest of his life, if he's happy. I don't care if he's in excellent shape, if he's unhappy. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Right. And I think a lot of people just, they see glorification of themselves in ways that will please others yeah. rather than please themselves that yeah. makes sense well shoot man we got uh, probably about close to three hours oh yeah uh, probably two hours and 50 Yeet. minutes of the <laughs> video Yeet. so uh Send yeah it. we should uh yeah, we should do this again though man that's uh oh, we definitely going to it'll be a it'll be a hoot it'll be a hoot nanny oh hoot, hoot and holler oh, any, any parting words I was gonna fart, but I <laughs> might shit myself. Those are my parting words. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's slide out the back door. <laughs> All right. Well, see y'all later.